welcome to the Atomic Geekdom Podcast. My name is Dave, and today we have an interesting episode. Uh, every so often, a movie is set to come out, and it builds inside you with such anticipation that you almost can't wait for it to be released. You hear things about the movie, you know of the beloved source material so well, and love it so much that you sleep with the novel or comic book beneath your pillow at night. And even just the thought of a well-done movie adaptation of said novel fills you with the warmth of a thousand suns. Basically, you're excited for the movie. I felt this way for the recent Jurassic World movie, uh, and even Guardians of the Galaxy before that. While watching Independence Day for the very first time, I had the glee and wonderment. I know it's Independence Day, it's not the greatest piece of fiction ever told on a silver screen, but it was a fun ride for the teenaged Will Smith fanatic and science fiction geek that I was. Three years ago, an announcement was made in a tiny little corner of San Diego Comic-Con about the movie of a geek lifetime. A movie that not only had Superman, but also Batman, and then also Wonder Woman. For the first time in our lives, we'd see a live-action version of the DC Trinity. It is without question the excitement boiling within all of us that I was just talking about. Uh, But residing next to that excitement for a lot of us was hesitation and fear. Think of it like that movie Inside Out, all of our emotions debating like geeks on Twitter. Discussing our fears and dreams for the little movie called Batman v Superman. I honestly can say there's never been a comic book movie with this much controversy surrounding its release. And it's understandable. It's a huge moment in comic book movie history. There have been other moments. You have the original Christopher Reeve Superman film, the Tim Burton Batman movie, the very first X-Men film, uh, the surprisingly good Blade movies, at least the first one, the first time Spider-Man was in a movie, The Dark Knight, the closing credits of Iron Man when Sam Jackson teases the Avengers, the friggin' Avengers, and now we have the birth of the Justice League. So this week on the podcast, I've gathered some of the biggest geeks and comic book obsessed fans I know, and we will, I'm certain, in a polite, respectful manner uh, that will no doubt break down into fisticuffs and name-calling, give you our reactions to Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. That all being said, joining me today on the roundtable is Tom. Hey there. Matt from Two Broke Geeks. Hello. The other host, uh, the more popular one, Justin. Hello. (laughs) He really is, too. And Uh, Really? I don't don't know about that. (laughs) And from the Geekly Planet, the Marvel Report, and Smart Girls, Amelia. Hey! Alright, everyone. Everyone's seen this movie at least once. Uh, has anybody seen it more than once yet? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, would anybody like to see it more than once? Yes. Okay. Nope. I <laughs> want to see it one more time. Alright. Uh, yeah, I've only seen it once. I'm seeing it again on Tuesday. Um yeah. Okay. Going going into this, let's 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 kind of talk about the setup to this movie, this giant movie. So there's Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh that that that's set the table for the DCEU that they're calling it. Movie 1 and then we had the the announcement at San Diego Comic-Con and then these trailers. Uh do you think that the trailers ruined some of this movie if at all if it was ruined for you did it show too much would you have rather not seen some things or did it even matter it was going to be a bad movie no matter what if you thought it was a bad movie or was it perfect did it set up the movie perfectly for you uh I'm going to start with what I feel is the optimistic answer Tom <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought for me personally, I thought it was the perfect amount in the trailers because it gave you anticipation. But to me, it didn't really ruin anything. Obviously, by the title, you know they're going to fight, so you're going to see that. But I thought there was so much more in it that it didn't disappoint me. I, I thought it fulfilled me. But at the same time, I had to quote something my son said the other night. He said, whoever goes into this with predisposed you know, ideas could be disappointed. For me, I just went in you know, being excited for what it was. Okay. All right. Uh, Justin? Uh, seeing the trailers, I was actually ridiculously excited going in because that's like, especially for all of us who've never seen like Batman and Superman and like the beginning of the Justice League. Uh, I was super excited. I felt the trailers were a little bit conflicted, but I kind of rolled with it because I was like, well, they'll explain some of these things in the movie. So it's good. There's a lot of questions I want answered and I want to know where it goes. So I felt like overall I, I enjoyed the trailers and it gave me a lot of hope for this film. All right. Um, I'm preparing myself for this answer. Amelia, what'd you think? None of the trailers could have prepared me for how disappointing this film was. That's going in because you were you were staunchly against what happened to Man of Steel, right? Um, I don't hate Man of Steel. There are two things in Man of Steel that really bug me. The killing, which I totally would have been cool with had they touched on in this film as the reason that he never killed again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one that there is no saving for me, Superman just standing there and letting Jonathan Kent die. There's no universe where Superman would have let that happen. That one I can't get past. I want to, because it's come up on Twitter a lot. Uh, Amelia, you are a DC fan, correct? Sure am. Okay, because there, there would be a cloud of bias because we know you're also a big Marvel girl, uh, but you also love DC. <clears throat> I grew up DC. Marvel didn't come into my life until later. Okay. I, I know this, and I'm sure a lot of people do, but I wanted to make sure that everyone knows we're all fans of both companies. So yes. there's no bias there. All right. Uh, so, yes. Okay. There was no grace for you with the trailers. Understood. No. <laughs> all right. Matt? <laughs> I thought the marketing was fine. It wasn't like the most <clears throat> you know, electric marketing campaign necessarily, but everything I saw made me uh, happy, um, you know, had me excited for this movie. There was a lot of bitching and moaning that, oh, it gave away too much, and that I didn't understand. Like, did you, you know, did you not want to see Doomsday in the trailer? Because there was a rumor that he was in it anyway, so if you made it all the way to the film with people pretending he wasn't there, then everybody would have complained that they should have just told us. So I thought that was all silly, and um, you know, overall going in, I was just like, okay, this movie still has, you know, a lot of promise and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. But the marketing was, you know, on point in that case. Okay. I, it was funny this morning or maybe late last night. I saw a toy commercial for the, the movie toys for, for really for kids. Like it was kids playing with the Batmobile from this movie and Superman and Batman were fighting in this commercial. And I was like, this movie is not designed for children whatsoever, but no, obviously, obviously the toys can be. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. When, all right. Did you guys go in spoiler free? Did you read any of the reviews before you saw it? Um, you know, all of the, all of those DC hating reviews that were out there or just regular critics. 
uh, or fan reviews. Did you read any of those before going in, uh, Justin? Uh, well, I went the day after it came out, and I went in super excited and tried really hard uh, to avoid any and all spoilers. Uh, I mean, some was ruined beforehand, like the cameos of um, some of the Justice League members and stuff like that. But over, like, so I tried really hard to stay away from it, but then, like, the people I talked with that I was hanging out with, I'd be like, oh, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing MNV Superman tomorrow. And they're like, you do realize that everyone says it's like terrible, right? And I'm like, no, no, no one tell me anything. I want to go in <laughs> and make my own, my own uh, views because it just, I, so I tried really hard to go in. Uh, not a lot of it was spoiled for me. Like all the big things that happened in it uh, were not spoiled. It was mostly some of the smaller, smaller stuff. But for the most part, I went in pretty spoiler free. It was interesting to me because uh, I, and this is where I'll say spoiler alert going forward. We're going to talk about everything that happens in this movie. So if you have yet to see it, I would tell you now, don't listen to this podcast. I don't I, I don't want this to cloud your judgment of the movie and I don't want anything ruined for you. Uh, if if you would like this movie and, you know, what or, you know, I just don't want to ruin anything. So stop listening. Go see it. Come back. Form your own opinion and then listen to us, you know, talk about this movie. Um, it was interesting. I got to see the movie Monday before it came out, and the people that were in line to see it had already. Some of them had read reviews. Some of them had, you know, gone to spoiler sites and stuff like that. And they were talking about it to people, the other people that hadn't seen it. And I'm like, well, this is, you know, crap. You're ruining it for these people that might enjoy it beforehand, and you know, are giving up moments that were going to be kind of astounding to some people, but anyway, uh, I thought it was, it was dumb, but, uh, yeah. uh, Matt, did you go in spoiler free? Uh, I didn't know any spoilers and I, I tried really hard to not read any reviews, but I woke up Thursday morning and Thursday night I was going to see the, the movie and I woke up Thursday morning and there was actually a link on my timeline on Facebook. Uh, someone had posted a link to Metacritic and was saying, well, this doesn't look good. And it was the Metacritic review uh, aggregated score, whatever, being uh, at around 39%. And I said, oh, this is not good. And I fell down that hole. So I did go in knowing that it was not being well received, at least by critics, because obviously at that point, not many fans had seen it. So Yeah, I would say for anybody going to see a movie – Try not to trust too many critics or review websites. See it for yourself and judge it for yourself. I mean, the critic and the review site or review site is meant to like if if you want to be spoiled, you go read it and say, "Oh, that sounds like a movie I'd go see. I'm going to go see it." That type of thing. I don't think like <laughs> it seems like critics hated this movie. Um, like you just said, Matt. Like Rotten Tomatoes had a real low percentage, but the mm-hmm. fan the fan based Rotten Tomatoes was high. Yeah. So it's it's hard to judge. Uh, do you do you care about spoilers at all, Amelia, or did you just you were just going to go just because you wanted to experience it? So I started reading reviews as soon as the embargo lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I talk about that, I really do want to make a point to say, yeah, critics are fans. Like oh, sure. a lot of them got into this business because they're fans. So the implication that these people don't know what they're talking about needs to stop. Yeah. Um, but 
on that note, yes, I did go in with spoilers intentionally, um, which was good because had I not, I would have walked out of the film, I'm sure. So <laughs> it was it was I I made the conscious choice to know what I was getting into. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would agree with you that the, uh, the a, lot of, a lot of the Internet and media critics that would cover something like this are were originally fans, of course. Um, but a lot of them were just movie fans too. And that's why they got into that business as well. So they might look at it from a different angle, but they're still judging it on a story being told. So, so yeah, obviously they're, they're professionals and they know what they're doing, but some of them are different than fans. There's, there's a line, but it's, it's pretty thin. Uh, Tom spoiler free. I'm assuming you were spoiler free. Yeah. I tried to avoid every spoiler, every review that I could find. I would see stuff on Facebook where people are like, oh, this movie's horrible. I wasted my time, whatever. I actually had a friend of mine. We were sitting there eating just before we went and saw it. And he's like, I, you, you need to show me one review that said people said, wow, I want to see this movie. So I pulled out my phone. I started typing, and I set it down. His phone went off, and he reads the text message and starts laughing. I had texted him, wow, I want to see that movie. And I said, there's my review. <laughs> before you had even seen it? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, okay, well, no. Well, um, mic drop, Tom. Hey, what you said about what did you said about the critics? I think critics can be very. They are fans, but they are very harsh at times when it comes to certain genres of movies. Right, I would agree, but I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. I I'm trying to avoid going down the Marvel versus DC comparison road because I feel like the Marvel movies have been widely well received. It's not even that road for me. It's, I mean, just any, any other, a lot of the critics I've read always want to go for the artsy. They they want, they want something with a message. Why can't you just go watch a movie to have fun watching it? Sure. Well, if you want to talk that route, the Fast and Furious movies are those movies. You go to just watch a movie. But if, but it fits in certain people's wheelhouse, no pun intended. Uh, All puns intended there. That was good. I don't know why why you'd remove yourself from that. Well played. Uh, all right. <laughs> Last thing before we start talking about the actual movie itself. Going into the movie, sitting down in your seats with your popcorn or soda or gluten-free whatever, uh, what what were you feeling? Were you excited? Were you scared, nervous, <clears throat> angry? Uh, I'm going to start with Amelia. Uh, so before I read the reviews, I had finally reached Apathy. which was nice and comfortable and happy for me. And then I found out what they had done and went very swiftly into rage mode. And then before we went to the movie, we went to a bar and I promptly told the bartender to bring me two martinis at the same time and then close out my tab. So mad and a little buzzed. That's probably best Uh, Mm -hmm. for everyone involved in the theater for that you were in. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Tom. I was excited. I couldn't wait for it to get going. Okay. Justin? Uh, well, Matt came to me because uh, we went together, and Matt was like, I'm not telling you anything until you see this movie and because he already saw it. So I was like, oh, oh no, that's usually never a good sign. <laughs> and so, so I went in calm. I think I was a little irritated, but not really towards the film, more towards some of the annoying children in the audience. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, 
right. I know, Matt, you saw it the day before that, right? Yeah. I mean, I went in with still some hope that it was going to be a good movie. Um, I've seen lots of movies that weren't, you know, critical darlings that I still enjoy. I mean, I'm one of the few people in the world who doesn't think Green Lantern is total shit. Um, And it's not good, but that doesn't mean it's, you know, awful to me either. And same with Amazing Spider-Man 2. And that's a really hated movie. So I was like, okay, well, this might not be terrible and um you know i still am just gonna sit here and form my own opinion which is what i generally think everybody should do about movies anyway Hmm. okay i i i wanted to be super stoked i mean in line i was excited and nervous but once i sat down i got I, i don't know i was excited i enjoyed parts of it and then i got angry i got pretty upset and then I tried to watch the rest of the movie and with, with, I don't know, we'll get into it now. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. So let's, we're going to, we're going to dive deep into the plot and the story of this, of this movie. So you've been warned spoiler alert. We kind of haven't said anything too, too bad yet. So we're going to go, we're going to go ahead and do that now. So let's just, let's just start with, with, with Superman in this movie, his arc. He, when we introduced to him, that's when when we first we see Lois, though, right? In uh, wherever she is, yeah, Af- so, Africa, yeah. I think. Yeah, some desert, mm-hmm. some desert place. Yeah, Africa. She's she's covering some terrorist storyline with with Jimmy Olsen, and uh, they discover that Jimmy Olsen has something in his camera, and he's probably killed. Uh, everyone happy? Yep. Everyone happy with Jimmy Olsen's appearance in the film? I didn't even know who that's. The- <laughs> yeah, I had no clue that was Jimmy Olsen. Uh, yeah, and yeah, he. So he. That they, makes sense. That's that's a seems to be a Zack Snyder move right there. To to take uh, a a beloved Superman character, reduce him down to a like a, a CIA agent, and then and then shoot him, him. shoot him in the head. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, they've they've. Technically replaced him with with Jenny Olsen already in the first movie. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't know it was him until after I saw the movie. Like I had known that Michael Cassidy was cast as Jimmy Olsen, but I couldn't even tell that that was Michael Cassidy. Yeah, I didn't so, either until afterwards. When Snyder was asked about it, he said there was no room for Olsen in his extended universe, but he figured that he would have some fun with the character. Quote, unquote. <laughs> his version of having fun is murdering them all off. Sure is. Shooting uh, him right in the head. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So moving forward, this scene sets up Lois in her damsel role. Uh, where she's got a gun to her head, and the only person that can save her is Superman. Oh, and... that's who that was? Wow. <laughs> uh, so Superman comes in, and I'm pretty sure... Did he kill that dude? I mean, he threw him through a wall. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, he, he drilled says he that guy. Uh, he says he didn't kill the other guys that were all shot to oh, death. Okay, so obviously right. he didn't shoot those guys to death. But, he but killed... yeah, he sure, did, he sure did drill that guy through, like, five concrete walls. At a hundred miles an hour. Well, well, they're they're African buildings, so they're not that strong. Maybe he just went through. <laughs> it. Good, good, good take, Tom. Stand, stand by your your laurels. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. I could probably push one of you through those balls. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, he was a bad guy. Did he des- Did he not deserve to die? Uh, That's a <clears throat> fine line, Dave. Fine line. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> We're going to talk about people well, of course dying. He Don't you die. worry. He's going to kill you. Lois. Right, right. <laughs> Superman had to save Lois, and clearly there was no other way to do it. Clearly, he had no other job in this movie besides saving Lois, and he seemed really morose when he wasn't saving Lois. Like, oh, I have to save you from a burning building? Let me look all mopey about it. You're taking me away from my girlfriend. (laughs) I'm sorry. Did this entire building of people just explode? Oh, I guess that's not Lois, but whatever. (laughs) But he was at a party. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from here, uh, I mean, they go home uh, from there, and there's there's a lot of anti-Superman propaganda happening, and rightly so, I think, at this point. Uh, it's it's more of, does he have the right to to take justice into his own hands, and shouldn't, and, you know, being afraid of someone with godlike abilities, that kind of thing, and running wild over the planet, essentially. Uh, so he starts questioning himself, and Lois is clearly questioning herself, sitting in a bathtub, and her reasons for being with Clark as far as holding him back from being who he's supposed to be because she's always going to be in danger as long as she's close to him, clearly. Uh, but in part of that attack, uh, the some of those soldiers that were there went ahead and killed the whole terrorist group and then just took off. So that's setting up a later storyline involved with Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. So Superman, Clark Kent, uh, is his job at the Daily Planet. Did you, what did you think of him as the reporter, Clark Kent, in this movie, kind of going after um, the Batman, essentially, uh, throughout throughout the movie? I, I kind of enjoyed that aspect. I, I mean... <coughs> It was it was an interest. I mean, it was pretty much kind of their version. I felt where they were like, okay, Batman and Superman, Superman need to like have some sort of rapport in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. and like why they would have to meet and like the whole like he's going out branding super like branding criminals. So I mean, it, it was a good. I I didn't have a problem with it because I just felt like it was to build like Superman trying to understand. Uh, Batman from the outside, so I thought it was in, I thought it was a good way to kind of introduce it. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? I thought it was a, they had him as a sports reporter, and he wasn't very happy with that. So he was trying to get into the the meat of reporting. So he wanted. I think it was like a he knows Lois is a world renowned reporter, so he wants to you know I guess kind of be taken seriously too. And it just happens that the bats in the news, and he wants to cover that. I did. I, I liked the sports thing, uh, and then how they shoehorned uh, the cyborg into that in the background. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, that was that was entertaining. Briefly, and of course the the one line about the branding when he branded you that was like a death sentence in prison. I thought that was very big because uh, it meant he wasn't killing anyone. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. well, okay. Everyone, 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 bite your tongues. Let's uh, let's well, curb curb right. that for a second. Um, all right anybody else on the clark kent side of things i think the bat of gotham Uh who i refuse to call batman (laughs) yeah is absolutely somebody that clark kent and superman would go after Mm -hmm. yeah without a doubt 
So I felt that that made sense. Uh, what what about the the party scene with 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 Clark and Bruce finally meeting? We saw it in the preview uh, briefly, and then we also saw Jimmy Kimmel get involved. If you saw that clip, that was pretty yeah. pretty funny. I kind of enjoyed their interaction. It was you know you know obviously snarky and uh, sarcastic and everything, but <clears throat> you're dealing with. Superman, who obviously has his own beliefs based on who his father was and who his father, well, taught him to be, going against uh, a man who believes in the opposite way of handling justice, who has been doing this for a long time and clearly does not uh, care anymore about saving people and more about just breaking faces. So they're, they're going to clash, and I guess that's the crux of them clashing. Um, but I, I kind of got off on a tangent there. So, okay, yeah, before we go further in the Man of Steel, let's let's talk about Batman now, because or into Superman, because it they're kind of clashing now, overlapping. Uh, this Batman has been doing this for a long time. Uh, we got to see his origin again in the beginning. Oh. <laughs> Uh, did anybody forget that they needed to be reminded of Batman's origin? If I never I, saw that again, I'd be so happy. Like, I'm so tired. Thank you, going. Oh, no, I was just saying I'm so tired of seeing the Waynes get shot. And I'm, it, it seems like the only reason it was in this movie in the first place was so that Zack Snyder could put his own spin on it so that we could see that um, – uh, Bruce's father actually took a swing at the mugger instead of just standing there. And mm-hmm. then we got to watch that. Re- Here's how I knew that the movie was probably in trouble. We got to watch bats fly Bruce Wayne out of a hole. Like I was sitting there watching that going, I can't believe this is happening right now. Well, we would realize that that was a dream sequence. We yeah. would know if there were any sort of transitions right. at any point throughout the whole film. Right. I can yeah, honestly even, say I honestly, says it though. But I honestly sat there while it was happening, like, is this real? What what's happening here? This this can't be real. Right. <laughs> Go well, ahead. Go ahead Tom. Yeah, your only idea of it is like they say he like says it's a dream, like, and then you wait mm-hmm. from the dream into the light. But mm-hmm. uh I've come to the conclusion that D that Warner and DC just think their all their viewers suffer from Alzheimer's every time there's a Batman film. So they have to reintroduce the idea of, oh, by the way, his parents are dead. Yeah. I you know, out of that whole sequence, the only thing I really liked was Lauren Cohen was in it and uh the the pearls were done differently, but for that to happen, she pretty much got shot in the face. Yep. But that pearl shot is a direct pull from the Dark Knight Returns. Right. It's not even original. <laughs> right. I just like seeing it, but uh oh, Zack Snyder loves the Dark Knight Returns, you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> no. The the whole Thomas Wayne throwing a punch. I I don't know how I felt. Like I maybe that's them kind of hinting at there's 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 a whole book called uh, flashpoint that you can go read where Thomas Wayne becomes Batman and this might oh. be how it happens. Like this is his personality that my name's was at. But other than that, like now you're kind of, th- this is Thomas Wayne's fault. Yep. That's exactly it. You get to see that Thomas Wayne is like a badass who actually is the reason he and his wife get shot. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I disagree. I think the gun was out before he took the swing, and it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. How is he not going to act like a badass in a Zack Snyder movie? So the gun- it's not Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It's 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 the <laughs> it's Papa Wayne. Like you can't just the whole point. Of, you don't throw a punch at somebody holding a gun at your wife and your child. Right. She's right, Tom. <laughs> I mean. Unless unless you have a gun, your first action would be to pull out another gun, I guess. But, uh, yeah, throwing a punch, I mean, you're asking to be shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and at this point, I mean, from every origin story we've ever known, the Waynes are a famous rich family. Mm-hmm. So this mugger would probably know who this is. And, you know, we know the story. I, you're, it, it's tough to get out of that one, Tom. I'm sorry. Regardless of who is playing Thomas Wayne. <laughs> Well, I don't. I didn't need. I'm just trying to justify yeah. it from a movie standpoint. I don't. I don't need to see it over and over again either. We all know it. We've True. seen it. It's been done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um. And and he gets to die saying Martha, which is set, sets up for the, the the climax of the movie. Apparently, is <laughs> a very clever Zack Snyderism, I guess. <laughs> I, for, I skipped over when they were in Africa. We also met Anatoly Neyazov, uh, if that's how you pronounce that last name. Uh, K, uh, what was it? KG, KG Beast. KG, 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 KG Beast. Beast. Yeah, you meet him for the first time. You also were introduced to uh, Jeremy Irons as Alfred, right? Who, uh, which I actually enjoyed slash hated because it's it's kind of like the idea of like. And this is kind of skipping a little bit ahead, but I'm trying to like encompass the idea of this Batman (laughs) and that it's it's like Zack Snyder tried to put young and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm I'm more Marvel and I kind of jumped into DC later myself. Um, Basically, like they took young Batman of like his parents are dead. He finally is able to like do something about where he does in the comics kill with guns and i think even the comics at one point he like locks kg beast in like a like a sewer with a bomb or something like that they tried to like stuff that into a seasoned batman that was supposed to like not be able to like who like learns his morality uh learns like what he's supposed to be doing um but but they like and then you have alfred who's like this cynical and super depressed and disappointed character in all the actions that Bruce Wayne makes. And it was both kind of cool, but at the same time, like his character was kind of cool, but it's like, I don't, I never really saw his character as being like, like depressing. (laughs) Uh, well this version, he is Bruce Wayne's Butler and chief of security. So he's not just like their, you know, he's not just the the butler. Yeah. Um, he's, he's watched the character who he, or the, the person who he views as his son, mm-hmm. stop being a man and become a monster. Like, right, right. I'm totally on board with Alfred's depression with what his son has become. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. And it's left him jaded, clearly. Like, everything, all his lines are, you know, have some kind of bite towards them, and they're just kind of, you know... Of you know making jokes at Bruce's expense for the most part, but you know 
like how you haven't died. I have no idea. There's like a line like that, you know, much to your, like you've tried so many ways to die. Yeah. And then you've kind of become this monster, like Amelia just said, and he's doing his best or the only thing he knows how to try to talk him out of doing this, this battle or this war with, with Clark. But, you know, obviously Bruce is set in his ways that he needs to destroy this, this person. At the end of the day, Alfred doesn't care about the Batman or Superman or anything else. He cares about his son who is gone. Right. Right. All right, let's 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 handle this monster I, a different way. <laughs> uh well, can let's I just, jump in real quick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the Jeremy Irons take on Alfred because he wasn't the servant. He was kind of like the partner slash handyman. But he was very, like you said, he seemed very depressed and cynical at the same time. I agree with Amelia that he feels like he was losing his son. But at the same time, he was constantly trying to, it wasn't like a full-on talk him out of it. But it was, he would, those, those cynical jabs were meant to try to talk him out of it. But you got to remember, this is 20 years past when they first started doing this. So he had to have created this, you know, shell of a personality towards Bruce. Because mm-hmm. he never really agreed with what he was doing, ever. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I like Jeremy Irons a lot, and I like this version of Alfred because he's kind of forced into this situation. So I, I understood where he was coming from and his motivations for what he is doing throughout the entire movie. And I'd be interested to see more of this version of Alfred going forward. I kind of would have Me liked. Too. I kind of would have liked to have seen maybe ten years ago this Batman. Or even maybe five years ago, this bad. I have no idea. But well, because the one thing we don't touch, we didn't touch on you briefly. Just, I mean, you can't even. There's nothing to speak on it, but the fact that the mansion is deserted that speaks something of volumes to the Batman slash Alfred character. Well, and they never mentioned it. They just show it. I don't know. They don't really talk right. about what happened. It's clearly been destroyed and burned. But it speaks volumes because you don't know really what's happened at this point. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, throughout the movie, you know, we're introduced to Lex Cor and Lex Luthor, who obviously we know his his opinions of Superman and why he doesn't like him. But I don't know. Do we really ever find that out in this movie? His motives for what he's doing before we get into what he's doing? Like why? Why he's doing anything? Because Zack Snyder. <laughs> Uh, basically, uh, basically Lex Luthor has been trying to find this piece of kryptonite and he does find it from, uh, it's, it's from the, the world engine. Is that what they called it? Yeah. The world engine. I think it's called the world engine. Yeah. It's a piece of the world engine. He finds it and, uh, Senator Finch, who is Holly Hunter's character is, he sees that as his way in because she's leading this this council against Superman or this council to decide, do we need Superman type of thing? And she stops him from bringing it in essentially through customs, which yay, we have, we have security at customs in this world. Apparently that didn't work so well though, did it? Nope. It still ends up here. And felt like I was watching that part was like an episode of 24. You just knew it wasn't going to go right. (laughs) Yeah. And then later in the courthouse as well. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we could kind of speak on that too. Cause in the, in the flashbacks, I think it was in the flashbacks. We see them for the first time. Uh, Scoot McNary's character was an employee for Wayne enterprises. 
Uh, I was pretty disappointed by the reveal of who this character was because I like Scoot McNary a lot as an actor. And they'd been keeping it secret. I mean, remember the pictures on uh, set where it just showed him in the green pants, but they never said who he was. Right. Turns out he just has no legs because of this accident. Bruce saves him, but his legs are destroyed. And he's real bitter, obviously, at Superman. He vandalizes the statue. He's the one that spray paints on the Superman statue, which is apparently at ground zero of where the world engine was. Gets arrested, gets bailed out by Lex Luthor, who then gives him this fancy new Charles Xavier uh, style wheelchair and sets him up to be the poster boy for anti-Superman activity. And he's working with Finch and they go to this, this, this Senate hearing after Finch and Luther had this, 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 this face to face weird confrontation in his dad's old office in the mansion, which I suppose is a, a, a callback to Smallville. I don't know if anybody else felt that way. No bit. The, the mansion with, in that room. That he kept the same way. Well, I love the line about the painting. I thought that was very pointed. About it being needing to be flipped? Yeah. All right. Where it says not all demons come from hell. Yeah, right, right. Uh, well, let's talk about Lex Luthor for a second. Uh, did anybody enjoy Lex Luthor? I got to say, I was not, you know, and you and I talked about this for great length. I am not a Jesse Eisenberg fan. There's not much he's done that I liked. Because you're old. I, I liked his take on this because it was a different kind of creepy vibe type character. I won't say I loved it, but I thought I liked it enough. Okay. You know? I was, uh, I'm in the, I hated this so much because. And and it might be just because I'm so used to seeing Luther as this very stoic, very like calm, collected individual who pretty much knows what he wants at all times. And this one felt super sporadic and was having such a hard time with like words, especially like at his own party. Just yeah. it just felt it just felt so off. Yeah, the party scene was was pretty weird. I I kind of enjoyed the Lex Luthor for a while, and then that party scene happened where he started to lose his train of thought, or he was going into some weird speech and then kind of lost it a little bit. And like like he had a reaction as if to where he saw somebody or something that would have like evoked some weird uh, stunned reaction. Yeah. But they never. Sh- Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say they never showed what that was. <laughs> no. And and I completely agree with Justin. They they took everything that made Lex Luthor like one of the best Superman villains and threw it out the window and made him this weird manic Joker light thing. And also, Tom, I'm young and I hate Jesse Eisenberg. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Fuck. <laughs> I, he did seem like his character could have been lifted from the social network. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yes, that's. I just wanted to get everyone. Matt, what did you think of Lex Luthor? Oh, I, I now I'm scared to say, but I liked him. Like it sounds <laughs> like everybody else here hated him. I liked him. No, 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 I liked him. Oh, okay. I liked him. I thought he was, um, he was different, obviously, but different in a way that kind of. I enjoyed, um, he was definitely, you know, he, some of the, a lot of the core was there. He hated Superman. He hated him because he was too powerful or at least in Lex's view. And 
he uh, I don't know what else to say to me it was obviously it wasn't like a like a Superman the animated series Lex Luthor but it wasn't like a uh, Gene Hackman all I care about is getting some real estate Lex <laughs> Luthor either or Kevin Spacey I want to create Krypton on an island this is true yep uh, we'll come back to the only, like the, the, the weirdest scene I thought for him was, which is at the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and just what drove him to say the things he says, but we'll get to that later. Oh, uh, I missed all the Batman talk, didn't I? While I was having my connection problems. N- you didn't miss much. We're, we're oh, okay. We kind of started. We kind of talked mostly about Alfred. Kinda talked about Al- yeah, yeah. Alfred. Oh, okay. I liked Alfred. Yeah. I think everybody liked Alfred. Uh, Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne, much to the the enticement of Alfred, goes to a party by, hosted by Lex Luthor, and this is the first time we meet Diana Prince. Um, Le- er, uh, Bruce is trying to get data from the LexCorp mainframe, um, and he puts his thumb drive or whatever it is, or bat drive, into this 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 network or whatever, um, and then sees Diana Prince while Lex is giving his speech. Goes back to retrieve that drive and sees it's already gone. Sees that she's the one that took it, chases her out, but she's already gone in her fancy Fast and Furious car. Mm-hmm. Uh, very mysterious. Uh, so, yeah, first impressions of Diana Prince. She doesn't say anything, but we see her. Hot. <laughs> yep. I mean, from that scene, it's hard to yeah. say much. I right, mean. right. And that's also the same scene. I can say a lot about Wonder Woman overall, but we'll get there. Oh yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get there. Yeah. Um, I think that, that scene. One of the things that I laughed at the most was when uh, Bruce is on the comm with Alfred, but you get that Clark can hear them. That was funny. Yeah. I like that. And Clark keeps looking, but then he gets distracted by the by the right. the the Day of the Dead thing. Yeah. Yeah. He gets called to the uh, the fire. Fire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the same scene where Bruce and and Clark meet for the first time, and then Lex is, does the little joke about you know you don't pick a fight with this man with a very Jewish accent. Yeah, and <laughs> um, the Eisenberg comes out in him. Uh, apparently. Uh, so later, and let me if I skip something, let me know. I'm kind of going by memory. Later, we find out that Diana Prince was looking for that that file because Luther has a picture of her on it that she wants to keep hidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is when Bruce finds her again at another f- party gala function event. And they talk for the first time. And he, that's the line where he says, you've never, or, you know, I know, I know women like you. And she says, you've never met a woman like me. And um, she gives him the drive back and leaves it in his car already. So we, we clearly get an idea that she's, been around for a while and she's actually even a little more clever than Bruce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we get the scene of the nightmare scene, essentially while he's, <sighs> while he's trying to decrypt this Lex Luthor file, we get the nightmare scene, which, okay. So we've got a desert. We've got the Omega symbol, mm-hmm. uh, which is dark side. I mean, it's dark side in this nightmare. Can anyone explain to me why? It's dark side in his nightmare. It's a future can, nightmare. How? Well, this okay. So here's where I stand on this. Okay, this is kind of like my overall thought throughout the movie. And this would be conjecture. This would be I, conjecture and theory because none of this is of actually course. fact stated in the movie. Correct. 
correct. None of this is fact. This is completely me go going weird or whatever. <laughs> but in Warner and DC, in my opinion, were like, well, we need to put a bunch of stuff in this movie uh, to like kind of put in the different universes and stuff. So they kind of shoehorn like multiple storyline things. So throughout the this nightmare sequence where you see parademons and the omega symbol and stuff like that it's sort of resemblance to um injustice mm-hmm. cuz you have batman is chained and superman's over his bot is like takes his mask off and is like you took lois from me kind of which is very much injustice when lois gets murdered uh by, by the, the joker. joker right yeah well i'd say um, Go ahead, go ahead. Well, it's and so I'm I'm still kind of confused how this kind of alternate reality got like is his nightmare because before that you also have him like a, near his parents' coffins and like blood comes spewing out and a man bat comes out of Martha Wayne's. <laughs> right. Like I thought I was the only one. What the hell? I thought I was the only one that thought a man bat the minute that happened. Well, I guess that's them. Oh God, man, that. Yeah, that's that's their jump. Yeah. Their jump scare. I guess they wanted to have a jump scare moment. Yeah. I don't know what other than his fear. I guess of being maybe it's his fear of being a monster as the Batman. Um, is there a reason? Is there a reason why he's having all these nightmares? Oh, I know. No, I, know. I don't. Oh, go for go it, Amelia. Please. Zack Snyder. Cocaine's a power. <laughs> uh, can we is, can we start saying sucker punch as the excuse? Is that? Yeah. I've never seen Sucker Punch, so I can't. I can't oh, understand. your homework, Amelia, is to immediately watch Sucker Punch. I'm not gonna go watch a bad movie. I don't have time for that. Oh, I know you're busy. <laughs> I wish you could watch it. Though. I really want to know what you think. Um, martinis first. <laughs> no, really first. Feels like he really Snack Snyder really just wanted to. Put in these storylines, and even though later in the movie it's mentioned of Darkseid, sorta, this was I felt like Zack Snyder's way to, to like being like, okay, this is how it's gonna happen. My somehow. Okay. All right, all right, I agree with you. I think it was yes, the studio and Zack Snyder, or you know, DC. See, we need to fit a lot in this movie because this this is our launch point. They say Man of Steel is the start, but this is it. Because this is where everything is kind of coming together and where they're going to build from. I think because right after this nightmare sequence is where we get another little sequence. The, oh, the, the I guess I guess the inception moment uh, of the movie. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. So maybe there those moments are somehow tied. And that's why he's seeing this alternate future scenario where there's a bat gang and a Superman gang. And Superman's gang kills all of the Bat Gang, and we have this injustice-like moment that you said, Justin. And that, yeah, I thought the same thing because uh, then he just doesn't he punch him in the chest or punch through his chest mm-hmm. at that point? Yeah, and, he basically rips him through the chest. Yeah, and that's what he does to the Joker in the game or mm-hmm. in the comic book. Is in jail, he just punches him in the heart. Yeah, or punches him through the heart because he kills Lois and their unborn child. And that we would find out in the game is not our Superman. That's the Earth 2 Superman or a different Superman who would then become this megalomaniac godlike figure who takes justice in his own hands. And that's a different story. Uh, but 
it did seem that way. And then, yes, there were these parademon-like bat-type creatures that were against Batman. Because you did see a giant version one standing next to all these soldiers. It didn't look exactly like a parademon, but it could be. Who knows? Close the- enough for government work. <laughs> I thought there was I, when I saw it. I thought it was when he stood over him. I thought definite parademon. Yeah, I never uh, the ones that flew. I thought parademon. The one that was standing there, I didn't. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Uh, but yeah, I thought injustice for sure. But the yes, the omega symbol felt as like product placement as the Dr Pepper in Silas Stone's office. Did anybody yeah. not? Did anybody not see the Dr Pepper in all those videos? <laughs> like, did you didn't take one sip? It stayed in the same spot. Uh, it was it was bad, and the, the Omega symbol made no sense. They, uh, nope. other, unless it is a vision that was somehow induced by what happens after this vision, I don't understand why it's there, why he would see it in his in his mind. Um, which also talks about another thing that another character talks about later in the movie, which is Lex at the end of the movie. There's mm-hmm. no there's no explanation to that either, which I guess there doesn't need to be. He's the tease, I guess, for future movies. But yeah, that works well. <laughs> yeah. Uh he wakes up only to find that he's sitting in front of the computer and his his files are still decrypting. <clears throat> and then this portal opens up and a man's head reaches out and starts spittering, sputtering nonsense. And uh he says things like, uh, I gotta go to my notes because they were so weird. You were right, Bruce. Right. He says that Lois is... She's the key. Lois is the key. You were right about him. Be afraid. Yeah, and then he says... Find us. I'm too early. I must be too early. Yeah, Yeah, I thought that was the key when he said, I must be too early. Right, right. So now we have this flashpoint type moment, I guess, because it's the Flash going back in time to fill Bruce in at some point in their past to let him know... That he was right. Lois is the key. Superman is bad. Then he realizes I went back too far and tells him to find us. And then his helmet visor comes down and he's gone. I'm sorry. The helmet, it was a joke. I well, I thought... I'm, I'm I not thought a, it, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I thought the Justice League stuff in this movie was awful. Like, really bad. Like, forced beyond belief. Because... N- <sighs> I don't want to like do a Marvel DC comparison, but if you're going to set up, a, no, I, I don't. I understand, but, but there's not much to compare it to. Right. But if you want to set up a world, like make it make a little bit of sense, like, and the, like the flash thing and the Omega symbol thing didn't really make sense to anybody necessarily, especially people who, um, Know the source material. Don't know the source material. You know, they, they don't know what an Omega symbol is. That didn't mean anything to them. You know, it's not like uh, somebody showing up in another movie or anything. I don't know. It was weird. And then the Flash scene I thought was just kind of useless. I mean, eventually I think they'll probably go back to it. But it was like, why did you put that there? <laughs> you know? I don't, the only time you can go back to that is in a Flash movie or in a moment in maybe Justice League Part 2. It yeah. feels like it's way down the line. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Because it sounds like a lot happens, and there's I don't I, just, I don't know I it can't be Justice League Part One because that's coming too soon for something. I Amelia, I'd love to know what you thought of that moment. The whole 
Flash Barry, whatever the hell that was, moment. Just yeah, in the in the Batcave, that yeah. moment, that moment the itself. The whole thing was terrible. The whole <laughs> why, why is this here? The answer again, of course, is Zack Snyder. Yeah. But what the actual hell did I just see? <laughs> and I say that as somebody who has read Flashpoint and knows, but like, I I see where they were trying to go. Yeah. But why are you trying to go there? Mm-hmm. It was a weird point in the movie. It was a weird, like, it shouldn't have been there at all because you hadn't even seen, like, what the hell the Flash was. So there's no, nobody understands what's happening. Like, nobody (laughs) knows. Pretty pretty much, (laughs) I think they was, wrote like, throughout the movie, because of the way it's edited, uh, it makes absolutely no sense. I think that was partially to be brought up at the end with, which we'll get into from Bruce, uh, when stuff i won't get too much into it but he, when he talks about getting the others together mm-hmm. it's a callback to that but because that was so far back and in such a weird awkward place that everyone will forget about it i think this could have all been done you could have not put this flashpoint type situation in it and when he finds the files that's your callback you know like yeah. we we need these people let's get them clearly we you know because of what happens at the end we need these kinds of people to help us in case something like this happens again. And we need to work together instead of me being a complete asshat and not seeing what's right in front of my face. Um, but yeah. okay. All right. So, and then he wake jumps up and wakes up and we have the dream within a dream. Apparently is what uh, people who don't know what's going on thought. Yeah. Uh, well, and those, like that's when he sees the files too, right? Yeah. This is because when he wakes up, it's, it's encrypted or it's decrypted at this point. Yeah, those those files that have all of the logos for the superheroes that we haven't met yet. They're uh, just apparently knows. Lex Luthor yes. made the Justice League. Yes, Lex Luthor created their also their names. He he, <laughs> he named the Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg, and gave them fancy logos. Like, yeah, I was talking about that with a friend today. One of my only friends who have seen it so far. So I needed to talk to somebody, and I was like. Seriously, Lex created these file folders with their logos on them. He took the time while researching these metahumans to do this and name them, apparently. But well, uh, honestly, if you look at them, aside from the cyborg one, Wonder Woman's wearing the WW, the WW belt in the picture. Flash is a bolt of lightning. I mean, why wouldn't you put that? It kind of makes sense. The cyborg one, yeah, that one kind of threw it off. But how about, how about that Aquaman A? It's, that's a symbol. Belt. You can't uh. see his belt when you see him in the <laughs> videotape. Uh. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> I'm the only one trying to defend this movie, so I'm I know kind of, you're on your own. You're on your own. I know. It's um, a tough place to be. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say I do Trust like the flashpoint moment. The flashpoint moment for me, I marked out because I knew who it was immediately. Uh, marked out, guy, marked out fans bu- is a wrestling term for people that are listening that don't know. <laughs> my buddy that was with me, he kind of looked confused. I just turned and I mouthed Flash. See, said, okay, Tom, Tom, this is what we're talking about, though. You've put this moment in here where I think a majority of people that are just seeing this movie because they know Batman and Superman are in it have no clue what this means. Right. And it's going to cause confusion. And then he just wakes up and we're, and, you know, immediately you're supposed to forget it, apparently. I guess personally, I don't care about them. Sure, uh, that's fine. <laughs> you're, you're seeing like you're it. seeing the movie for you, of course. So that, I mean, it's not like you're supposed to care. And I gotta say, when I first saw it, what I thought, and now that I thought about it, mm-hmm. 
it almost strikes me that the Barry definitely came back from the future. Well, sure. We we yeah we all see came that came back from almost that visions that vision era. You know what I mean? Right, and that's what I'm saying. Where maybe they're linked somehow, but I don't know how. That, I don't know how that can come. Has, but you're right; it has to be explained. But personally, I marked out. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bruce does find the files. He opens them. He sees that there are these things called metahumans. Um, we get this is where we see. I think this is the point when we see the picture of Diana along yes. alongside Steve Trevor, and then we get her. I think very awesome theme music. Did you did you notice the the Chris part the Chris Pine in the picture? I just said Steve yeah. Trevor. <laughs> okay, I didn't I didn't know if any a lot of people didn't notice it. It's like, yeah, uh, I, yeah, and Syed Taga whatever I can't remember his last name, but yeah, when they were shooting that, they mentioned that he had been cast, and I think that's when they took mm-hmm. that picture. Uh, but that's the last thing we see. But before that, I think uh, maybe it's not the last thing we see. I thought it was, but uh, we also see a security footage. Of a like convenience store that's about to be no, Bruce doesn't open these. Diana opens them. Correct. Is that right? Diana opens yes. the yeah. Yeah, Diana okay. opens the videos later. Okay. My bad. She, he he just opens Diana's picture. Right. You're right. You're right. She opens it and she sees all three of these videos. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. it was Bruce. Okay. Yeah. It's been almost a week since I saw it and. I maybe tried. Yeah, I, just saw, I saw it last night, so it's yeah. fresh. And maybe I've tried to forget it. I don't know. Uh, but yes, we see the convenience store robbery footage, and then we see a dude that's buying milk or something um, that is supposed to be Barry Allen, I guess. And he, in a blur, goes and stops it. But like he doesn't he like throw the dude? Yeah, kind of tosses him through across the convenience store. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, so maybe this is a young, kind of, yeah, just discovering his abilities type thing, or trying to rein them in. Who knows? It's kind of what I got. Yeah, and um, he sees the video of Aquaman <laughs> uh, creepily hanging out in a decrepit, destroyed old boat, and uh, yeah, he s- swims pretty fast. That was about it, right? He attacks the camera. He like stabs the camera the, yeah, the, and then runs away. Yeah, yeah. Which was filmed by another camera, a drone. Yes. Oh yes, the drone. Everyone loves a drone. And, and then, then there was the cyborg clip, right? Brought to you by Dr Pepper. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, where yeah, what? Anybody else? That was a, that was a mother box, right? Yeah, that's I what I got. Was a mother box. All right, Amelia. What mother box that created cyborg in that scene? Yes. Okay. Matt didn't seem to think so, and we lost him again. Uh, he didn't think it was when I talked to him. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's the only thing I could think of, because especially if they're setting up the whole idea of dark side, yeah. Motherbox mm-hmm. uh, helps Cyborg make boom tubes for later on down the road. And the New 52 right. origin is heavily apocalyptic for uh, Cyborg. That's where yeah. I thought about it. Yeah. So Okay, so we get all that cool quote-unquote cool Justice League Easter egg type stuff. And we find out Luther's been experimenting with kryptonite, and Batman knows it's in town, so he tries to retrieve it, and this is where he's intercepted by Superman, and that's the scene where he crashes his Batmobile into Superman. Now, let's rewind a little bit 
and talk about Batman trying to acquire the kryptonite. Um, and this is in Metropolis when he does I'm this. Gonna, I'm going to quote Emilio for this one and say Zack Snyder. <laughs> well, it starts off pretty cool. He's up on the tower with what looks like a sniper rifle, and it's very much something from Dark Knight Returns where you think, what's he doing with a gun? And it ends up being a tracker. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm on board. Let's do it. It's a Batman that didn't have a gun. Perfect. Let's do it. Uh, and then when he goes to chase these guys in the Batmobile, he is blowing them away with his machine gun on on the Batmobile. He's not using it to impose a threat. He is using it to murder bad guys. And he's throwing cars at people with people in the car. So those guys are all dead, too. And that was the thing that really... That was like the biggest what the hell thing was when he uses the grappling hook to take a car, which then flips over onto another car with people all in it, blows up and then drags the car with him. Yeah. So Batman's killing people. He's killing bad guys. And he's trying to get the kryptonite from Lex because he discovers it's the only way he can stop Superman with it. Right. Tom, you've the most recent memory. Yes. Yeah. So this is why he wants it, and he ends up driving his car right into Superman. Mm-hmm. And this is the famed scene where Superman tells him to, you know, the the, the sig- signal comes up, don't come, the bat is dead type thing, and then he flies away af- as Batman's asking him, do you bleed? You will. Yeah. Uh, exciting stuff. Uh, anybody enjoy that scene? Nope. Tom? Uh, Not a bit. Oh, as far as the killing thing, I can't condone it because it's Batman. Batman doesn't kill. But again, 20 years later, something bad okay. has happened to Batman, which we clearly saw with the Jason Todd costume. Something bad has happened. Something horrible. No. Aside from his parents being <laughs> killed, something else has happened to turn Bruce to this. Right, you right. Know what I mean? Okay, let's 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 pause a second and but please. Uh, the whole point of the <laughs> Jason Todd story is Jason turns into that monster. Yeah, right. Which is, let's let's put to rest... Joker is not Jason Todd. It can't be. No, he's not. So let's put that to rest. No. Um, all right. I'm going to try to break this down the best way I can in a way to where the the killing makes sense. Don't hate me, Batman fans, because I don't agree with it either. And this is where I started to really get myself out of this movie is when Batman started killing people. Like, I was a bit disgusted. Mm-hmm. This Batman, like Tom said, it's been 20, 30 years of him being Batman. He's clearly jaded and lost sight of his mission and his his objective as the Batman. <clears throat> he has seen... He sure has. <laughs> right, right. He has seen some stuff. As he says himself, nobody stays a good guy and no, you know how many people have died and you know, all this kind of crap. Clearly one of the Robins are dead and... He's got issues. He's got baggage. He's having these strange nightmares with flying bat type demon creatures. So he's got problems and it's driven to a point where it doesn't matter anymore. It just, he needs to stop it. And so he's killing bad guys. He's trying to kill Superman because he knows what he can do and he's afraid of it. And so he's gotten to this point where this is justifiable in his head, and this is what Alfred is trying to talk him out of because it's not the man he wants his son to be or his adopted son, I suppose. And, yeah, that's about all I can have because they're building towards the ending. The justification of what 
the Superman character means to Bruce, apparently. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. That's a good explanation. Um, you know, he's, he's seen the people die, go bad. He saw his employees and friends die as a result of two aliens fighting. Um, and that the rage and anger has kind of draw, driven him as Batman into something, into that monster that he never wanted to be. He's essentially what Harvey Dent talks about in the dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I am not saying, right. I'm not saying it's okay. But I'm saying that's what this movie wants us to feel is okay. As to why Batman is, you know, flat out murdering criminals. I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Coming, I felt that, like I said earlier, it really felt like they kind of, and this is just for me, that like from my point of view, uh, it just felt like they took like Batman who has been, who's like new on the scene of just not knowing sure, like, like, having the consciousness of killing minus the fact that something did happen with Jason Todd or whichever Robin uh, it happened to be. And they kind of just shoved it into a seasoned Batman. And I was like, I, mm, I was just not, not exactly okay with it. It just felt kind of like forced in yeah. terms of, in terms of they just were like, well, we need to speed, we need to speed up the process I, I'm assuming they're going to work towards Batman not killing people. <laughs> I sure would hope so. I think that's the point of yeah. like some of his last his lines at the end of the movie. Um, are are because this movie starts with a Bruce voiceover and ends essentially with a Bruce voiceover. Um, mm-hmm. And I think when he's talking to Diana at the end, when he says he's failed, Clark, I think that's kind <laughs> of kind of what he's talking about. You mean his completely inexplicable 180? Yes. After he Oh, it's not really a, 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 somebody. Let, let's 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 get to it, but it's not completely inexplicable. Completely inexplicable. We'll we'll get to the reasoning, I think, <laughs> or the the Snyder reason as to why it happens. Not, again, not saying it's okay. I would I would hope that if, as we go forward when the solo Batman movie comes out, we can learn well learn more of what got him to this place. Because there, like we said, there is some darkness that can't be explained because he wouldn't kill. But now, I, I you know it it happened, so we know it's there. Mm-hmm. But but you can't build a movie off of relying on oh my future movie will explain everything that happens. You can have a I, few points like that, but not an entire film, which is what this was. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to try and try to work that kind. Of, I agree with Amelia, but I also feel like for some reason well, uh, that they're going to try and push it into the Justice League, like it, the first Justice right, League right. movie. Put it this way. Let's 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 take and I, I'm not comparing it. I'm just using it as a template or uh, an example. But take the Marvel movies and how they built to the Avengers. Start with Iron Man and then your next movie is the Avengers and then the movie after that is Captain America first Avenger. That's what happened here. That's what that's what it feels like they're building because we're getting we got Man of Steel, we got Batman versus Superman where all of this happens and then we right, have and then we have Suicide Squad and then Wonder Woman which takes place like 100 years ago. But those other movies were self I mean even The Empire Strikes Back which was a a middle movie was a self-contained film. It there could have been no Return of the Jedi and everything would have been okay. Exactly. 
Like, this movie makes nothing okay. This movie is, oh, by the way, you're only coming to see this one because the next one is coming out. Right. That's kind of what I was saying with my Avengers point. Well, no, but, but you were still phone. seeing full movies when you went and saw the Avengers right. You're movies. right, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> like, every single beat of this movie is, oh, you're seeing this because you're going to see the next movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Tom, please don't let anything we say affect your love of the movie. Oh no, no, <laughs> okay. no, 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 I'm good with it. I'm All right, I don't want to. I just don't want this to crush you. Like I like no, this movie, no. and now I hate it because. Oh, these... I had, no, no, no! I had questions. I had questions about it too. There's yeah. things I liked and didn't like, but we'll get to I'm the. Good. Well, yeah, we'll get to the end, and then we'll kind of sum up like what we felt, you know, one way or the other. Uh, okay, so Batman kills people. Superman and Batman meet up. Uh, the Kryptonite. Uh, I should go back. The kryptonite was being taken off a boat by KG Beast again and all of his people. And uh, that's where Batman tries to intercept it. But it gets away uh, from him at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of cut back to the, the Congress hearing now. This is where everybody's there. And uh, Finch is there. And Scoot McNary's character in his nice new Luther, Luther or LexCorp sponsored wheelchair is there and there's a can of um it's a mason jar mason jar excuse me of tea or lemonade tea i think it was mm-hmm. uh that was referenced later earlier by luther and it, it draws her off her little speech because superman actually shows up for this hearing to kind of talk about the validity of his actions and things like that and she's reading this thing and throwing off her her speech and Superman's kind of looking at her like, what's going on? And he kind of realizes it, I think, or she realizes it right at the wrong moment. Uh, the wheelchair is a bomb and everybody dies in the Senate yep. hearing, including... That scene I call bullshit. Including Mercy Graves. So welcome, to, is, the, yeah. welcome to the universe, Mercy Graves, and now you're dead. Yeah. Where like, Superman just stands there and does nothing. Doesn't notice that there's a bomb. And then while there yes. are people burning around him, he just stands there looking confused like what do i do oh my god and then he what runs the away from his problems ah! and yeah Lewis. towards yeah uh, oh shoot people are burning why am i why didn't i come here today why didn't i just stay home and have tub sex with my girlfriend again <laughs> well i mean if that's an option yeah i mean come on now yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, hidden behind all this, I want to say I did like Perry White in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was fun, but, but he was he was great. But you know what? He was in pointless scenes. Like you want to talk about the editing of this movie some more? <laughs> yeah. You'd get a, You'd get a scene where Perry goes, "Where is Clark? How come he's not here? And where does he go? What is yeah. he doing? Where is he? How come he's here? It's like why? Why is this in the movie? Who cares? Get that shit out of here and put in something important that you left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> or, or just cut off forty-five of the unnecessary minutes that made us sit through longer. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Tom, anything? <laughs> um, I no. <laughs> Good, <laughs> Tom. You enjoyed Barry, right? Barry White, good stuff. I did. Yeah. yeah, all right, all right. Good. I liked him fine, but yeah. I do think a lot of his stuff could have been cut right out of this film and avoided some of the awkward pacing. Well, what about so, Lois? Lois is his. Her mission is to, and she's completely useless in this film as well. <laughs> like, well, she she's twice, twice. She she's... Says, oh. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> 
She spends this whole movie being like that person who shows up late to the party, like, guys, guys, look what I just found. Yeah, we figured it out, Lois. No, 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 you don't understand. I found <laughs> no, we already know, Lois. Yeah, right. Yeah. Good good point. She was given one moment as a badass, and then the rest of her purpose is to be a damsel in distress. It's stupid because Lois Lane is a good character that was diminished to useless girlfriend. And you have a good actress playing her. You- a tremendous actress playing her. What even? He wasted so much talent. It, like, everybody <laughs> was cast. Even even Eisenberg could have done a better job with a different script. Oh, let's, yeah. I mean, let's give him credit. I think he did well with what was given to him. No? Anyone? All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he did fine. Oh, I, yeah. I think this screenplay is really lacking in for pretty much the entire film. Like the screenplay is is thin. This movie, for as complex as it tries to be, doesn't really have much of a plot. Like this movie is Zack Snyder or somebody somewhere went. You know what I really want to see. I want to see Batman and Superman punching each other. That's the entire film. Find something to put around it so that I can justify having a film where Batman and Superman punch each other in the face. It sounds like the, the story. Entire... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to reference. It sounds like the story of Kevin Smith's Superman movie. Well, like, I never he, have read that. He really uh, – the studio – I can't remember the guy that wanted to do oh, it. Oh, the producer yeah. really wanted the giant mechanical spider. So yes. he said, put the giant mechanical spider in this movie. I don't care how. And, <laughs> and because that movie didn't happen, it happened in Wild Wild West. Right. OK. I'm sorry, Amelia. What were you going to say? No, you're, you're good. The, okay. the entire plot line is, is, is like Lex Luthor's speech at his thing. Yeah. It, I have a point. I have a point. I have a point. What was my point? I'm upset. I'm going to just go drink stuff. But I, f- I felt myself during, during his speech, I wanted to be enthralled by whatever he was going to say, but I felt more like, can we, can we go back to Diana and Bruce? Can we, can we see them hanging out at this party? And yeah. Anyway. All right. So the public blames Superman for the bombing, which why wouldn't you at this point? Uh, and this sends him into a self-imposed exile. He goes up to the Fortress of Solitude where his father's there building a pile of stuff. With no no transition whatsoever again. He's... Also, why is Superman bundled up? Because he doesn't feel cold. Why is he walking? Yeah, that's a question. <laughs> what is he doing walking? It seemed like I was just about I was just about to say it. You made me <laughs> what? it seemed like was this like a cut scene from Man of Steel? Like what is happening here? If I can fly, I'm never walking. I'm just saying. Right, yeah. right. Just throw the backpack on on you while you're wearing the Superman costume and let's go. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So he flies away to. Yeah, I don't understand the whole father thing. Like, if this is all in his head, is he insane like Bruce is now, or what the deal is? Uh, I tried in my head well, no. rationalizing it as some kind of uh, Fortress of Solitude thing, but. What were you going to say? I was going to say this movie kind of just hinders on the fact that like throughout the movie, you have Bruce Wayne woeing about his parents and like talking about like his dead parents and going to like Wayne Manor and having these dreams with his dead parents. And they're like, well, we got to give Bruce, we got to give Clark at least one of those kind of weird 
crises as well. We have to. We like, have it just to. Felt so at like right. There's there's a whiteboard at Snyder offices and circled repeatedly is uh, hit on orphan point. Yes, mm-hmm. that is pretty much it. Because uh, he does it not only with these two characters but with Lex Luthor as well. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, I think as bad as it, as bad as it may have sucked, the message was clear in what uh, Jonathan was telling him. You can help here, but it's going to hurt down the line. I, I thought it was a yeah. great message for. I mean, gra- sure. granted, pl- placement was probably not the best, and why? But the message was there. Do you okay? That message would have been way better if it was in Man of Steel. Yes, and and, and if it was told by his father, who wasn't dead. Yeah, mm. and just appeared out of yeah, nowhere. That was kind of weird. How did he? How did in his head his father give him advice? If you know what I mean. Like, like if it was going to be if it was going to be anything why not have it be Jor-El in the Fortress of Solitude as the hologram thing cuz the Russell hologram Crow- thing is gone it was destroyed I understand. by general right Russell Crowe right. said he wasn't doing this movie Russell Crowe was smart that that sentence that sentence probably doesn't get uttered often I just volleyballed that one right up to Amelia cuz I knew she was going to spike Russell Crowe was like no man no <laughs> are you uh, not entertained no no. Goodbye. I said good day. <laughs> All right. So back to this movie, and uh, you know, father hallucinations aside, uh, Batman steals the kryptonite from LexCorp, leaves a bat signal oh, behind, oh, or the bat, yeah. bat battering behind. Steals it from LexCorp while injuring like plenty of you know innocent employees who were just standing around doing their job. May not have even been evil. May not have even like ever talked to Lex Luthor, head of the company. Yeah. But they sure as hell got carried out on stretchers. Like an IT guy, you're roaming roaming around and uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They sure went out on stretcher. God forbid they stand in the way of Batman's murder. <laughs> not Batman. <laughs> hey, is that Batman over there? Hey Batman. Oh god. god. <laughs> This whole film, I felt, was Zack Snyder going, hey, you remember how I screwed up on Superman and Man of Steel? Could you forget that while I viciously butcher the character of Batman, maybe? Oh, yeah, here's the weird that. thing. I saw a lot of promise in the Batman that there was. Let's, there yeah, was let's go back a second. I, I wanted to talk about this earlier, but we missed it. When he brands that guy, uh, the Batman scene of the cops coming in, which, again, is a Dark Knight thing. Uh, mm-hmm. The young cop going in trying to shoot at Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was built pretty cool. Like it was, it was scary. Mm-hmm. And I thought yeah. if that's a Batman movie and this is how you're setting up Batman fighting bad guys, uh, branding aside, uh, awesome. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's have that's more. What I mean, like there were promises of a good Batman in this movie. So where some people are already being like, oh, this is the best Batman ever, I don't agree because this Batman is also a murderous booze hound, but... Again, this Batman 10, 20 years ago is probably the best Batman ever. Right, because the stuff around him, the Batmobile was awesome, his fight scenes were awesome, it, uh, you know, there was a part where he came through a wall like a monster to grab a guy, unfortunately that scene ended with him shooting somebody and the, uh, you know, making him blow up, but, um, so there is a promise of a great Batman, but it definitely fell way short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry. Quick thing, as far as to blame Zack Snyder to like he's gonna butcher the Batman character. Little known fact, Christopher Nolan was a producer on this movie. 
Uh, well, he was well, also a producer on Man of Steel. Yeah, he's an yeah, executive he, producer yeah, in that. I mean, an executive producer doesn't actually really have anything to do with a movie. Yeah, like, he was done. Um, ap- he was done after Man of Steel. If you look, butt heads before. Yeah, yeah. If you looked at what he actually did for the movie, it's he put his name on it. He didn't actually say anything <clears throat> about it. If you want to, uh, David Goyer wrote the script first, and then Affleck brought Terrio, Chris Terrio in. And they I were, expected more of Chris Terrio. The way the way Eisenberg talked about the script, you would have thought this would have been an amazing movie. Be- because I don't know about that. Because of what Terrio did, mm. that's that's the way Eisenberg talked about it. Uh, anyway, uh, okay, so yes, Batman gets the Kryptonite uh, and he's getting ready for his big attack against Superman. Builds the 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 exoskeleton suits, the the Kryptonite powered armor, or I'm sorry, uh, ammo and things like that. Uh, Luther, meanwhile, has gained access to Zod's body and uh, the Genesis chamber aboard that ship, the scout ship, and he splices his DNA with Zod's and creates uh, the abomination. Is that what it was called? Well, they called it a mutation. 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 Yeah. Uh, that was supposed to never be created again. So this is Kryptonian lore we're getting within the ship again. Um, I like how the ship just asks Luther if he wants to take command. Uh, nice mm-hmm. security feature. Mm-hmm. I wish my, my so, I'm glad my iPhone doesn't do that for anybody that picks it up. There, there's so much wrong in that whole situation. Like first of all, he just knows to cut off Zod's fingerprints. Why? Well, Why is this, that thing? Why? This, wasn't then, this? Oh, you're right. You're right. That was before. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> then he carries him into this place, and the ship, as you mentioned, was like, "Hey, you want to do this? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Okay, sweet." Then, for some reason, splicing human DNA that has had no prior contact to the Kryptonians on their world creates this thing inexplicably that like, already existed what on Kryptonian. Is happening uh, in this situation yeah yes the doomsday the doomsday creature has already existed we we've learned in the ship that they're they've they've since ceased all production or experimentation on this project we learn on the ship and then he does it and creates it again but this time it has human dna with it as well for what reason other than to make it part because story because Zack snyder Snyder. Because lack of story. I'm... Well, the, the other part of it, and it gets explained sort of later, and I know Matt and I have discussed it, is then <gasps> the the AI or whatever then is like, we have thousands of years of technology and knowledge. Would you like to learn all this? Right. And he's just like, okay. Yeah, that was before. Yeah, he, he did the Matrix thing before he started the experiment. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the Matrix download of Kryptonian in- intelligence. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And is that how he knows who Clark is? Because they don't explain yeah. it. He just knows. It's okay. Right. They don't explain at the end that he knows Darkseid is coming. He just ah, knows yeah. that Darkseid is yeah, coming. Yeah, we're getting to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, they, we also just happen – Superman just happens to know that Batman is Bruce Wayne for reasons. Yeah, never explained. Because he- no, he heard no, him talking. No, he heard him talking. He heard him talking to yeah. Alfred yeah. in the thing. Oh, yeah. So that, that one I can roll with. But yeah. how the hell does he know who Clark is? How is this a thing? 
Plus, reasons he could have seen Zack through. Snyder. He could have seen through Batman's uh, mask at the first time they yeah, meet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and he's not an idiot. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yes, Luther knowing, I can't think of why he figured that out. I, you know, again, I didn't see it. Tom, Tom, you got any anything for us about what? <laughs> How Luther knew that he was Clark? <laughs> Uh, probably from the download from the the yeah, ship because yeah. that same ship was around the the Kent household in the at the farm in Man of Steel. Mm. Okay, all right, mm. uh, all right. I'm going to give you that one. I'm going to give you that one, Tom. Yeah. You, you got one. All right. Okay. Give one point. Yeah. All right. So Luther activates this this process, and the weird squid like creatures take Zod's body under the water, and we have that. And uh, so yes. <laughs> um. Martha Kett gets taken. We see her getting thrown into a van. Uh, Luther takes Lois to the top of LexCorp Tower to lure Superman there, and we get this cool Luther-like speech about how he's a bad guy, essentially. Yeah. Um, throws her off the roof, and Superman catches her without you know ripping her in half. The, the, mm. the big geek, geek debate. That uh, was one moment where I was like, okay, you know what? Thank you. <laughs> Finally. There was one second in this film where I was like, no, two, two. There was that and there was when Bruce brought Alfred coffee. But that, when he just like swooped down, I was like, Wait, thank you. The, thank Bruce, you. the Bruce coffee moment, why, why was that good for you? Because it was Bruce bringing Alfred coffee. Like it was, mm. it was, a, it was a nice moment between okay. Bruce and Alfred. It was unnecessary, but it was a nice unnecessary moment instead of just an arbitrary unnecessary moment. Maybe these are two things left behind by David Goyer. Before Chris Terrio, <laughs> before Chris Terrio took over, yeah, I, I tried, guys. I tried. <laughs> See, I would feel like that Chris Terrio would be the one that would do a better job. He's an you know well, Academy Award winner, but and... Goyer has the comic book knowledge. Mm, this is true. Goyer's Goyer's. I like Goyer a lot, so yeah. you know, I'm going to give him more credit. You know, Dark Dark City, man. Come on. Uh, okay, so, yeah, uh, he throws Lois off, Superman saves her, he goes up there to the tower and bows to, to, to Luther, you know, gets on his knees, and because he's blackmailing Superman, because he has his mother and he's going to kill her unless he brings Batman, Batman's head back to him. Again, there's another point, we're jumping to it. Why? What's the point? Why did he need... What did Batman do besides, you know... No, I can explain that. I can explain that for you. Uh, He wanted to break Superman. All right, so Batman is just an arbitrary... He's a pawn. He's just a... Yeah. Pretty much... It's pointless. Pretty much the way I word it is Lex Luthor was like, well, Batman took my kryptonite. I hate Superman. If I pit the two together, it's a win-win for me either way. Right. Well, it's also also one uh, thought uh, exactly what you both thought. But also, do you think he didn't know Bruce took that information from the hard drive? There's only one person that know that knows that information as far as he's concerned. And that's that's Batman, Bruce. I don't know. I don't know. Do we ever do we ever see that Lex realizes somebody stole that information? Nope. nope. No. No. So I don't. I don't know about that so much, Tom. I think more of it is mm-hmm. he knows Batman stole the kryptonite, so he knows Batman has a chance to kill Superman. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more of that than anything. Anyway. Uh. So yeah, he's going. He's going to kill Martha unless he does this thing. So Superman goes, and I think in a cool way tries to reason with Batman. This is where I like Superman for once. Uh, I actually felt for Superman. So the movie. Be- mov- the movie worked. 
<coughs> he doesn't try to reason with him, though. He goes up to him, says one thing, which was not the one thing he should have said, which is, he has my mother. This exactly. entire fight could Thank have been you. avoided yeah. by him saying the sentence, he has my mom. Done. He didn't, okay, he, let's go kick the shit out of him. He no. didn't even have to land. He he used way too many words. He shows up and tries to go, he's, oh, Bruce, I need, uh, no, show up and go, Lex Luthor is going to kill my mom. That's all he had to say. The second he said Bruce, a fight was going to happen because he knows his secret identity. They're just, the whole thing. He just, all he had to say was, he has my mom. Done. I, try, I tried, Tom. I tried. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're you're all you're all right. You're all exactly right. Because it's like I said earlier, though, the point of the film was somebody went, I want to see Batman and Superman punch each other. Now let's think of a story like Mm -hmm. they didn't go. Here's a great they didn't go. Here's a great story in which Batman and Superman punch each other. It was I want to see Batman and Superman punch each other. Make it happen no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like. You're right. No, you're right. So we have, we finally have the Batman v Superman of the movie and they fight and it's fun. Uh, there's punching and, and such, and there's a, a kryptonite spear, excuse me, a kryptonite spear. Uh, fun is a hard oh. word for that. It, Sorry. It wasn't fun. It was, it was excruciating. Like I cried. That is the point in the film where I cried because they had taken my hero down so far to just get him where he is at this moment. It was not fun. It was painful. That had to be done because there were so many pundits. And if Jenny listens to this, I hope she just finally claps. You had to bring Superman to his knees to even this fight. And I thought the fight scenes did that with the grenades that actually leveled the playing field because everybody knows if it's Superman against Batman, he's going to rip him in half. If he has to, he won't, but he could. But when you did it this way, it leveled the playing field. And there were were times in the fight scenes where you saw it. See, I think when she says bring my hero, they brought Batman down. In I'm this not fight. talking they about didn't, Superman. They I'm didn't bring Superman Batman. down. They brought Batman down. They turned him into, I mean, this was asshole Frank Miller Batman. At like the, Batman was, uh, he this was. Is, yeah, this isn't Dark Knight. In, no, he was bound and determined to murder Superman right. and like it. Not just murder Superman begrudgingly, murder Superman and fucking love that he murdered Superman. Right. It's not Dark Knight Returns. Right. It's not Dark Returns, Dark Knight Returns Batman. It's All-Star Batman and Robin Batman. Right. Like, this Batman was going to murder Superman and go home and jerk off because he liked it so much. Like, Uh, that's... Graphic. (laughs) I have to agree with with both Todd and and Matt because, like, I thought the fight scene logistically made sense in terms of the whole because during the trailer when you see Batman just block a Superman's punch and I'm like cool. that is bullshit. I don't that's complete that. bullshit. <laughs> yeah, they, I want to know why that happens. So it makes sense logistically in terms of why the way it was. But I have to agree with Matt because they the very end of that fight scene where like super, Superman's on the ground Batman has his boot to Superman's throat and carves a piece out of him with a kryptonite spirit to put the fear of God into him because he's like, yeah, that's right, son of a bitch. I'm going to kill you. It was just so odd and scary. It was uncomfortable. It was sad. It was pathetic. It was not a superhero. Like, everybody's saying, well, why can't you just go in and enjoy a superhero movie? Well, because that's not what I just saw. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it, boy, it, it was a lot less Batman and a lot more Punisher. And Punisher's yeah, not exactly. a super. And Punisher's not a superhero. Punisher and you is. Know what? Punisher is great when you're watching a Punisher show. Like when you're watching the Punisher to see the Punisher. I'm not watching a Batman movie to see the Punisher. I'm watching a Batman movie to see Batman. Right, because the Punisher is the Punisher. He's not trying to be anything else. Batman is not that person. He, again, regardless of 20 years of everything that's happened in, in Gotham to him, he still can't be that person. I'm sorry. In the comic books, he doesn't become that person. No, and I, I, twenty years isn't an excuse. It's right. not an excuse because we don't see it. Like Civil War right now, and I, I'm not, I'm not doing this to make a Marvel think. No, that's a lie. I'll use the Dark Knight. Yeah. So you have the reason the Dark Knight Returns works so well is because you have decades of friendship between Bruce and Clark. You have decades of seeing what he goes through. It's not just. Oh, believe me when I tell you that shit went down. It's no, you've seen it. You know what's happening. You don't get to just say stuff went down and this is why he's a dick. It doesn't work that way. Well, and not only that, in The Dark Knight Returns, he's been doing it for a long time and he still doesn't become that person. He can't snap the Joker's neck. The Joker has to do it himself. You're right. He does not go into the fight with Superman planning to kill Superman. He goes into the fight with Superman planning to make Superman think he killed him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And the one time he does kill in that book, it's such a shock factor moment. Like, it's supposed to be a shock factor moment. Like, And it does what it's supposed to. Batman (laughs) feels remorse. It is shock to everybody else. It's... Maybe... It's... For me, maybe this fight scene was kind of cool because in my head, I'm still reeling over Batman murdering bad guys. Like, uh, it's... it. it, it well, and let's not... I just want to jump on it here real quick and say, let's not pretend like Batman hasn't murdered no, people you're in right. movies before. I mean, in Batman Returns, and I hate it there, too, he shoves a bomb in a clown's pants and smiles and pushes him down a manhole. Like Absolutely. But I hate it there, too. That is an equally bad Batman film. Yeah. I yeah. agree with you. And he starts off killing. So in 1938, Batman absolutely kills. But by the 1940s, in Batman number four, he tells Robin, we never kill with any weapon of any kind. A direct quote written by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. It's the so, entire crux of the end of Under the Red Hood where Jason Todd comes back and he goes, I don't care that you didn't kill uh, Penguin or Mr. Freeze or Riddler, but why on God's green earth is he still alive and pulls out the Joker and says, just kill this piece of garbage. And Batman says no. Right, right. <laughs> and when, and when it, given a choice between killing his his adopted son or the Joker, he doesn't kill anyone. <laughs> like... Uh, I it, don't know. It all right. Me- all yeah. right. Yeah. I, I hate to. Uh, no. All right. Tom, how you doing there? I'm good. All right. <laughs> Just had to check in. Uh, okay. So they're they're fighting, and Bruce is a, or Batman's about to kill kill Superman with the the kryptonite spear. But Lois shows up, and Bat, or Superman utters, "Save Martha." And now we get our call back to two hours twenty minutes earlier when Thomas says, "Martha." And we realize Batman realizes, hey, we're both just orphans. And he's screaming, why did you say Martha? Why did you say Martha? And then Lois says, that's his mother's name. And then, hey, we're, we're, we're buddies now. And we're you, know friends. you know what's really sad? And this is mostly my me. I actually didn't realize 
that Martha Wayne and Martha Clark Martha were like, like the same. Martha yeah. Kent, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and then when he said it, I'm like, Ser- wait, seriously right now? That, that's what that's how this is gonna end. All right, all right, let's all right, buddy, buddy, you're you're now best BFFs because you have the same mom with the same name. All right, okay, we'll roll with this. And even with that weirdness, like that aside, Amy Adams or not Amy Adams, Lois Lane magically knows what kryptonite does. Mm-hmm. Like she just yep. has this knowledge. Well, no, no, no. When he's holding the spear, you can clearly see it's killing him just by holding the spear. So she's got to obviously know the spear is doing something wrong. Mm, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. I'll give you. This I'll win. allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so now, now, hey, hey, world's finest. They're, they're, they're friends again, or for the first time, I should say. And well, uh, I think also for me, for me, and this is just me personally, when I was watching it, when the Martha reference came out, that's when I went back to the flashpoint where he said, you, you have to save her. I don't know that he was talking about Lois. He says Lois. He, was talking about he says Lois. He says Lois oh, is must... the key. Okay. Then I must've missed that. Yeah. Yeah. I made sure to listen because he says Lois is the key. I remember yeah. hearing that distinctly and thinking, great, this is the future we're headed towards. When I saw that, what I thought was, you know, he just had to save right. somebody. Right. I get, I get what you're saying because he says that before he realizes he went too far. Right. Cause he's like, Oh, am I early? Am I too early? Yeah. He said, and then he says, Lois is the key. Am I too early? And then he says, bring us, you find us, you know, that kind of oh, thing. Our nice right. hipster so, can't grow a beard flash. Right. So flash is actually responsible for the justice league. Let's all put that out there right now. He's, he's the founder. No. Okay. Anyway, right. uh, just, so, because they, just because they won't bring green lantern in already. Right. Yeah, all right. Calm down. All right. <laughs> so they they uh he's they the most calm this whole time. I <laughs> know. Uh, he's going to get heated. He's going to get heated about the lack of Green Lantern. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> of all of us, he's been the most chill. I just need to point out the iron. You're right. There. You're right. He really <laughs> has. <laughs> yes. he's like what cuz he's just like whatever. I loved it and you guys are I did. I, I mean Which and I'm glad for that. I really am. I'm so glad that there are people getting enjoyment out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what the weird thing is? Like I sound like I hated this movie. We'll get yeah, yeah, we'll get to the end where we all say that we loved there's some of us say we liked it, you know. <laughs> Uh, for what it was. Anyway, so they learn about this plan and and Martha Kent being in trouble and um, so, and at this, at this moment, Doomsday is being born. Or no, 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 that's not right. That's not right. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, same time. Yeah, a little bit more. Time. Uh, no, time, yeah. Well, super. Time. Not no, because Superman goes at the time that he comes out. He's there for that happening. Um, no, because he he says he's going after Martha, and Bruce says no. I need you to go to the ship. I'll take care of her. So it's happening. Right. At the same he's time. going after the ship to because the lightning storm has started. That's what it was. Right. That whole lightning thing is, and then Bruce or Batman's going to go save Martha, and then Superman's going to go off and take care of, of Lex. And that was, I think, aside from everything, those two deciding to work together and Bruce going to save Martha, I liked that moment. As a fan of Superman and Batman together being friends, I like to see that moment. For some reason, that stuck in my head as cool. It was nostalgia. The fact when he said Martha won't die tonight. Yes. I mean, that was... Because that was... because that's Batman. <laughs> I mean... Yes. That's Batman and Superman as the super friends. Come on. I mean, 
they're helping each other as they should be. And that's, that's the enjoyment I got out of that. So, <sighs> okay. So Batman goes and with the help of Alfred, this is the scene we saw in the trailer. And this is where I go back to the beginning of our conversation. Those many hours ago, um, where the trailer gave away too much. That is the whole scene from the trailer. No, uh, no. The scene in the movie no, is the whole much longer than it showed up in the trailer. It, I mean, it stops before he goes and gets to Martha. No, but... no. I, no, I got to disagree. The The scene in the movie is way, way longer than it is in that trailer. Oh, well, what? The, 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 part, the disruptor? That... The literally, like, the, like, the scene where he fights is pretty badass, but it... There's like one point where he like grabs a guy who has like a, a like a semi-automatic like wraps his neck around it and shoots like three guys, yeah. <laughs> which was not in the trailer. And I was like, "What?" Uh, yeah, you're right. Times call for desperate measures. Uh, the no. fight. <laughs> no. I just wanted to stir something up. Desperate. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, like, I didn't even have the heart to get mad about them. Just, oh. No, yeah. Nope, you're wrong. Uh, the fight sequence, uh, shoot, <laughs> shooting aside, is is fun. I enjoyed that fight sequence, again, aside from anybody that died. Uh, it seemed very Arkham Knight or Arkham, you know, games. I thought the coolest part was when he... Coolest part was when he came... For me, was when he came through the wall. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I liked the glass flying with the cape. That was that was oh, yeah. iconic. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think the whole I don't think anybody died until he shot that dude with the flamethrower. So, I mean, the whole fight scene. Was, That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought, no, I thought he, I could be wrong, but I thought he had like he like was like fighting one guy who had a gun. And he just like you know shot it off. To, well, he started the fight by disabling all their guns. <laughs> to be honest, so this, could be, this could have been very uh, homage to the A-team back in the 80s where they did a lot of firing, but nobody died. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like I did, and yeah, the fight scene was great, and like you said, he came through the wall, and it was awesome, and that's where I saw the promises of a really good Batman. That yeah. was the Batman I wanted. <laughs> yeah, and then when he saves Martha, and Martha has the cool mm-hmm. line, you know, he says, I'm a friend of your son's, and she says, I figured. That was cool. I figured, you know, the cape. Yeah. I did not like that part, because <laughs> straight up, was up to save Martha. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, meanwhile, Superman is in the the ship as Doomsday is being born. Uh, you know, it's Doomsday, um, and they fight. Can we talk about the? Uh, can we talk about the uh, the fact that Lex Luthor creates a absolute threat in order to destroy a maybe, probably not threat. Right, an alien threat, by the way, with human DNA. Yeah, he spends, you know, whole movie going, oh, Superman's an, a, a dangerous alien. We don't need dangerous aliens. We don't need da- – I mean, what does he do? He makes a dangerous alien. <laughs> Good point. And can we just say that because – like, and I know Matt talked about this too, that there is a – that during this beginning, like when they start this fight scene, when this goes, there are th- at least three times throughout the movie mentioned that there's no one in the city yeah. in those specific areas of the that- – that is absolutely oh, the hell out of me. That's absolutely backlash for Man of Steel. Absolutely, percent. Yep. Yeah, because they take the fight to Gotham at one point. Bruce says, "Well, there's no no population." Uh, that this- Why did you bring him back to the city? It's okay. This pier is deserted. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
<laughs> uh, yeah. So why didn't he bring Zod into space? Well, where do Superman and Doomsday go right away? They go to space. <laughs> uh, because Zack Snyder. Yep. Because Zack Snyder. Yep. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> uh, we're gonna kind of rush through here because the biggest moment of this entire movie is Wonder Woman. Yep. She she finally she's getting on a plane to leave, and then she shows up because this fight is happening, um, and she wants to to get involved. And there she is. Theme music plays, and uh, she's there to to fight. She um, probably was the best part of this movie for the sheer fact that she did not have to be in this movie, and yet she kind of stole it because she was just so. Uh, she was just there, and especially during the fight scenes when she's like being tossed around, and you just see her smile as she mm-hmm. picks herself yeah. up and go at it again. Like she'd been hey, waiting. Look, a superhero finally shows up in this movie. She's been absolutely yeah. waiting for a fight. Yep. Yeah, and and during this whole fight scene, Batman's in the corner doing nothing. Uh, He's trying to fire that grenade. Yeah, he was trying to do something with the grenade. Yep. Um, yeah, and that's why I don't like Batman in Justice League settings. <laughs> right. Cause he's, oh, yeah. now. whoa, now that well, becomes, it, beca- it becomes, a, it becomes <laughs> a simple fact that simple fact that he's just a man. I mean, he's a badass, but he's just a man. Yep. I, I could do without Batman in any Justice League story, but that's this something. <laughs> All right. Amelia's running away. Yeah, we yeah. Um <laughs> anyway, we've been doing yeah. Yeah, we gotta we gotta wrap up. One woman showed up, I loved the fact when she was she was getting her ass beat, but she was smiling about it. Yeah. Oh, that it just it fed the character for me. And Gail Gadot nailed it, in my opinion. I, uh, I'm yeah. anxious to see the movie now. She brought out the lasso too. Yep. Yes. And of course they didn't tell didn't, you know, you don't have to mention what it is. Anybody who knows knows. Well, I mean, yeah, you you don't have to mention what it does. You just know what it is. Did, throughout, <laughs> the, throughout the fight scene, what I didn't like, I did like the metamorphosis of Doomsday where he started to develop, you know, the rock shoulders and all that. But having these superpowers really, I didn't like that at all. Well, he was still Zod. He able to do that. Yeah, he was. That's what they again. This is a story point, Tom. Where right. they needed that so that they could realize he's part Kryptonian, even though Luther should have, you know, that that was obvious, yeah, obvious part, from Luther. Part Kryptonian. Mm. part Kryptonian. I haven't seen Superman do that. He laser eyes? No, not laser eyes. I mean, laser blow up the whole city block. Yeah. Well, again, that goes back to Zod having more power than Superman. But I don't think Zod had Godzilla free at breath. Exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, so they know that, uh, yeah, anyway, um, uh, what they're, they're getting beats. They realize they need the Kry- Kryptonian spear, or Lois does for some reason, and she goes diving in, or she's the one that throws it in the water in the first place, and then realizes she has to go back for it. The building starts to come down. She needs to be saved again. Mm-hmm. Superman hears it and leaves the fight, leaving Wonder Woman and Batman, or just pretty much Wonder Woman, alone to fight. Pretty much Wonder Woman. To fight Doomsday. Batman does his best to... You know, he's in it. He's in the fight. Run he's away. he's distracting him by yes, running away, uh, dot, you know, jumping from from limb to limb, or building to building uh, of of abandoned buildings. By the way, uh, Superman gets the spear and saves Lois. Comes back and we get the 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 two blow 
death from the comics, essentially, where he stabs Doomsday, but the bone spur stabs Superman, and he pulls it into him further so that he can pull the blade into him further, and Superman dies. Boo earns. Boo earns that Superman dying in this movie. Um, That's a twist nobody saw coming. Yeah, but it was completely unearned. (laughs) It was also completely avoidable. Yeah. You, he literally passes Wonder Woman as he's going to Zod, flying with or Zod. Zod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's unearned. Like it has no impact. Number one, because a lot of people didn't see Man of Steel, and maybe this is the first time meeting this Superman, so it has almost no impact. And number two. Why are you killing your major hero right before your Justice League movie? Because now everybody knows he's not going to stay dead. It means nothing. <laughs> yeah. Dawn, Dawn of Justice ends with the death of Superman. I think anybody knew watching that he's not dead. Well, we'll get well, there. Yeah. We'll get there. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Doomsday is dead. Superman's dead. Luther gets arrested and gets his head shaved, which they don't do in prison. Um, that's not normal. Uh, but anyway, Batman comes to visit him in what I thought would be a cool moment. And he, Luther gloats, or um, I'm sorry, Superman or Batman gloats that Superman's death made the world, or no, sorry, Luther gloats. Superman's death made the world vulnerable to threats, and he's talking about uh, Darkseid. Darkseid again, which the notes are, I'm reading uh, a, a synopsis from another website, and it says that he got that information from the Kryptonian ship technology. Sure, but they don't show us that. Right, you're just left to infer it. They just glossed over it because they're like, well, he's going to learn all this information if the fans catch it and that he's learning all this information, then it doesn't matter because it's covered. At this point, I had, again, like I remember that he got all the information but forgot that that's probably where he figured out the dark side stuff uh, because maybe I'm dumb or because I was distracted by the awfulness. I don't know. Uh, Batman threatens Luther, says he's going to always be watching him, and then we cut to the the world's memorial for Superman, and then the memorial because Clark is declared dead in the attack. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce is there. Uh, obviously, Lois is there, and Diana is there as well, and they have a little discussion where uh, they... Well, actually, let, let's go back to Lois. She goes to the farm... And there's an envelope with an engagement ring from Clark that he mailed to to Martha. Again, why? Right. I don't understand that at all. Keep this for me for some reason. I have no idea why. Also, uh, why mail it? You you can fly faster than it'll get there in the mail. Yes. Also true. <laughs> uh, also true. Uh, but then, yeah, after the funeral, Bruce talks to Diana about plans to gather other metahumans from the files. Because they need to come, they need to come again. Whoa! All right. So uh, it's just the the idea, like the purpose of the Justice League was to take out alien threats or whatever kind of threats that come to uh, Earth, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the whole basis of the Justice League in this movie is because Superman's dead, so we have to remember Superman. 
in turn like by making this group to take on whatever threats that just ah, i i am not a fan of that right no and his whole speech is empty like i failed him in life i won't fail him in death why do you fail him in death? it's so dumb like trying to murder somebody is definitely failing them yeah, for sure. Yeah. So just the whole, the whole like supposed to be emotional closing <laughs> scene was just an entire crock of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I'm just laughing. I go to you, Tom. <laughs> I I got nothing. I mean, <laughs> what can I say? I'm too busy laughing. Amelia's got me falling out over here. It's just so weird and like obviously we know and. If- Based on comic books in general, Superman's going to come back. It's a given. Comic books, it's happens. Well, plus the end. So, the end of the movie shows the dirt begin to levitate, and you can kind of hear a heartbeat, which we so, also need to so, talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so it just makes no sense to me that they're going to make a Justice League movie without Superman because it's all about Superman and help and they, like we need to remember this is what Superman would have wanted, and then. Out of the blue, Superman's going to show up and be like, guess what, guys? I'm back. And they're like, oh. Well, yeah. This guy. I kind of turned that back on, like, that's – it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know. Whatever. I think I go back – I think it was Justin said it earlier. They tried to cram how many different story arcs into one movie right there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it didn't come off very well because, you know, now what? I mean, the fans that came to watch him, are they going to come back to watch the next one? Because, oh, my God, he's not there. Well, um, well the but, next, the next, you know, the, the, fan, the, the young fans who don't know, who haven't right. read. I right. mean, I think it's a perfect setup for what we know. I thought uh, Death and Life of Superman, Life and Death of Superman, whatever is one, is one of the best books I've ever read. Let's, and if you were to be able to translate that into a movie, it'd be great. I don't want that. But hang on. Curb, curb that thought for a second for me, Tom. Uh, we have to say goodbye to Amelia. Unfortunately, she has something to do, and uh, we've run on for almost two hours. So. Yeah, this one's long. This, Over this, two hours. Yeah, this is a long one. So I want to give Amelia a chance to to close out her thoughts on the movie if she hasn't expressed them enough as it is. Uh, please, please, uh, your final thoughts on Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, one thought towards the end of of what we were just talking about and then i'll give you the actual thoughts of the movie uh with superman coming back uh he needs the yellow sun to be okay it was dark when he died and then they put him in a coffin and now he's just back so no that's Mm -hmm. not how that works (laughs) Uh, uh overall thoughts of the movie i obviously could not stand it uh, the score was tremendous. Yes, uh, yes. As noted by the beginning of this podcast, we'll have a song, and the end we'll have the Wonder Woman score. Yes, the the score was amazing, and all of the actors were just they they were short they 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 uh, they could have done so much better. Like I was against Batflick in the beginning. I will not lie to you, but seeing him now, like he could do great justice to Batman if he were given the opportunity and the right script, which he did not get in any way, shape or form. Um, Perry white has, uh, I'll close out my thoughts with this. Perry white has a line. uh, 
about halfway through the film saying that this isn't 1938 anymore. Mm -hmm. And he's right. It's not. And because of that, we need these heroes and what they stand for so much more. And Zack Snyder misses that point by a thousand miles. There's, there's another point where, where Bruce looks to Alfred and says, after 20 years of doing this, how many good guys are left in Gotham? And the answer is zero. And that breaks my heart. One, Alfred. One, Alfred. Yeah, that is right. One, Alfred. I think at that point, it was like three, Alfred, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, score, Alfred, three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bruce, negative four. Yeah, Alfred owned Bruce through this whole movie. Um, yes, he sure. Yeah, yeah. Anything else, uh, Jenny? I'm sorry, Jenny. <laughs> Amelia? <laughs> I am not Jenny, and I, I, I hope she listens to this. I apologize to both both of you. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, that's about it. They, okay. they, treat, they treat the KG Beast with more respect than they do Jimmy Olsen. Right? So, like, uh. no. We're just... I can't. Yeah. I, the only reason I went into this film was to have an educated opinion. And I have that opinion and just somebody save Batman and Superman from Zack Snyder. There we go. There we go. Uh, You can find all of Amelia's fantastic work on the Geekly Planet, the Marvel Report and Smart Girls. Uh, You are on Twitter. What is your Twitter handle? Brown coat or, but I want you to try and say it again. Brown coat or. <laughs> you did it. Yes. I've been practicing. Uh, and, <laughs> and you have a, a, a fan page on Facebook now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it she's... sounds so douchey. It's, it's necessary because you write a lot of awesome things. So. It's, it's a good way for I'm people. I'm not an egomaniac, I swear. <laughs> uh, all right, we will have you back on to discuss a much brighter movie called Civil War. How's that sound? Oh, yeah, that'll be happy. Uh, I'm going to cry through the whole oh, thing. That, that's right. Maybe not that one. <laughs> yeah, maybe not that one. <laughs> maybe, yeah, from, yeah. We'll, 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 we might agree on that one, Tom. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. Tom will cry in that one, too. Maybe. So, all right. I am a, I, I am a bit of a crier. <laughs> All right, Amelia, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, take Bye, care. Amelia. Bye. Um, okay, so we'll continue the conversation. So the movie ended uh, with, with the death of Superman, and Tom wants to see the life and death of Superman brought back, or the death and life of Superman. I, I also can't remember what it is. Uh, made into a movie, which would be, I guess, Man of Steel 2. That's where I would go with it. I would go with Justice League 1, developing what you have, and use Man of Steel 2 as Death and Life of Superman. Well, there is no Death uh, Man of Steel 2 anywhere on their schedule. There is no Batman solo film anywhere on the schedule yet. They, mm. After seeing this movie, a screening of this movie, the studio uh, was gave it a standing ovation and asked Batman or Bruce Ban Affleck to be a part of three Batman movies. Uh, so there will be a Ben Affleck solo film. We know that. We just don't know when. And rumors had been circulating that it would be an Under the Red Hood style movie. But that would also be like a Wonder Woman style movie where it takes place before this movie. Obviously. Mm. Obviously. Um, 
Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? No, Under the Red Hood could could definitely happen after. Well, I mean, scenes would take place before. There'd be flashbacks. Yes, yeah, yeah. I apologize. There'd be flashbacks. Under yeah. the Red Hood would be an interesting choice. I agree. Uh, it'd be very, I would be curious to see how that one would go. Well, that takes me down this path of the R-rated cut of this film. Do you guys the, feel the urge to get into that at all before it comes out? Um, I'm interested. Like it make seeing this movie movie maybe really want to know what the other content is that didn't make it. What they left you. out, and if that were, yeah, like I would assume it has. The only thing I can think of is it's stuff with the Joker killing something to that co- before that costume was put. Like there's like a flashback to whatever happened to Robin with that costume mm-hmm. or something like that. That's what I'm thinking, but I'm mm. not completely. I well, bet it's married at this point. Game. I bet it's not. No, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's killing joke related. Mm, maybe I don't know because just, because all of Jenna Malone's scenes were cut, however many she had. Yeah, uh, but you know, I think yeah, we've already I, I been told it, she's not Batgirl. So. No, she's she's, she's Barbara almost, though. For me, for me, I almost think it's both because, like I said, this is you got 20 years of what brought him to this point. Maybe it's. Killing Joke and Death in the Family that has brought him to this point. Right. Uh, we were told it's Barbara. She's Barbara, and that she's in the wheelchair. Who said that? Uh, I wish I could remember, but I know it was pretty much confirmed. Because I know Zack Snyder like shot that down. He said she's not back. He said Jenna Malone's not Batgirl, and she's not Oracle. Okay. Well, she could be both of those. She, she could, could just, just be, be Barbara. Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe it's a, a mix between the middle and she's just Barbara. Maybe. And maybe there's a discussion that she has with Bruce and his need to kill Man of Steel. And, maybe. uh, this causes his, just, fla- his flashback, his need to kill. This causes a flashback to why he's gotten to this point. Who knows? Or it's another nightmare sequence. I don't know. At it's, this point, I, it, it, it's an additional 30 minutes though. Know. It's 30 minutes yeah, longer. I feel like it's I, – I honestly would – as much as I don't like the fact that Batman killed people in this movie, it would be interesting that if that footage was pretty much like how he got to that point. Yeah. Like maybe he just had a relapse of judgment and be like, oh, you can't save everyone, which may, may not be. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. would work. But it, mm-hmm. it's the only plausible thing I could think that would make me – Feel feel that this Batman can be redeemed. I mean, I bat. I agree with Amelia uh, and whoever else. Like this, this had bat, uh, Ben Affleck has great potential to make this a really good Batman. With given the script and stuff, but what if that stuff kind of helped develop what brought him to that level? Right, <laughs> right. Uh, let's. I'm gonna jump to Twitter and Facebook because I did ask for the world's response to this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what people say if they agree with Tom or the rest of us, uh, and then I'll ask you guys what what your your final you know what your final I thoughts. Had, I liked it, but I, I had problems with it too. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'll let everybody talk. Um, <laughs> so the mighty Chris at crispy forty seven said he loved every second. Um, let's see, Viv at Gemstar seventy nine. Gave us three tweets. I actually fell asleep at four different times during the movie, which I don't know how you fall asleep in this movie. Uh, the only part, the only part many actually cheered was when Wonder Woman fought. I've, I can say honestly, I've never been to a movie where people cheered 
and they did cheer for Wonder Woman when she came on the screen. Hmm. Uh, she says this movie is Redbox worthy or even dollar movie worthy. Ben Affleck to me is the second worst actor to take on Batman. Val Kilmer actually sucked the life out of Batman. Ben just made it hard. I waited for Matt Damon to come out as Ramen. Wow. See that. I, yeah. All right. All right. That I disagree with, but yeah. you know, whatever. It's her opinion, but um, Rob at Bauer Mulder 24. So he's got a little 24 and a picture of Fox Mulder as his avatar. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. Cool. Uh, I don't give, uh, I don't swear, so an S. What others say, I enjoyed it. Don't understand all the hate. So, Tom, he's with you. Hey, right. he, just li- he just listened to two hours of it, so yeah, <laughs> he gets it now. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Pud333, at Pud333. I loved it. Thought it was a huge, bombastic spectacle in the best way possible. Not perfect. Bombastic. But this- yep, yep. I love it. Not perfect, but this is a setup movie. This is a trilogy, quadrilogy. Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League 1 and 2. And Superman is the connective tissue. Birth, death, resurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he okay. he says, I just stumbled onto you guys, subscribe to the podcast, and checking it out now. So thanks, new fan. Cool. Welcome aboard. Uh, Craig, at, or new potential fan. Uh, he hasn't listened to us yet. He might just change his mind. Uh, Craig at Harlow C. This is to comic book movies what Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen were to the comic book industry in the late 80s. Total game changer. So he's a fan, and he's, according to his Twitter avatar, Team Batman. Francis at Sorta Geek. It was a lifeless, joyless misunderstanding of the two greatest comic book heroes of all time with good, murderous action. There you go, guys. <laughs> all right. Uh, and then one, one <laughs> Finally, cop. somebody who was right. And then from... <laughs> right. Uh, then from our Facebook, you can find us on Facebook, Atomic Geekdom. Uh, Kyle Kraus says, really enjoyed the fight scenes. Batfleck is the best on-screen Batman. Did not like how it ended. Could have been saved for Man of Steel 2. Whoever cut this film should go back to school. Agreed. Jesse Eisenberg seemed like he was mentally unstable. Did not like how Barry looked in that store scene. Gal Gadot is amazing and can't wait for Wonder Woman. Doomsday could have been done better digitally. Yep. Mm. So those are our thoughts on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook, just Atomic Geekdom. Give us a like, and we'll always be posting stuff for your reactions to things. And Twitter, at Atomic Geekdom, for those kinds of things. All right. Uh, Coming up in the DCEU, the next movie is Suicide Squad. That's in August. Wonder Woman is after that, uh, almost almost an entire year later in June. Mm -hmm. Justice League Part 1, same year later that fall, just a few months later. I was actually... I, I, I. I must have lost the date, but I was kind of surprised it's going to be out that quick next year. Well, it's- part of it is they're go- they're filming it now, and I mean, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman comes out right before that. I mean, Wonder Woman takes forever to come out. It seems like August fifth is Suicide Squad, and then uh, ten months later is when Wonder Woman comes out. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time in mm-hmm. between when when Marvel, I mean, is doing two movies a year, and you know, DC's plan is for two movies a year as well. Uh, so yeah, Wonder Woman and Justice League are both in 2017. Then the Flash gets his solo movie after Justice League Part One. That's in March of 2018. Aquaman in July of 2018. Again, not that far apart. Um, Shazam. Again, I say why uh, is April 2019. Justice League Part Two is June 2019. So only two months after Shazam. Which who cares? Uh, Cyborg April 2020, and then the Green Lantern Corps June. 2020 and I'm going to guess we're going to get a man of steel or Batman movie in between there in some way or form. 
Most likely. Something will get moved or pushed or, you know, something will happen. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to wrap up. We've been talking a long time about this movie after I know Matt and Justin <coughs> talked for probably a little over an hour about this movie already mm-hmm. on their own podcast. So uh, what did you take away from the movie? Did you enjoy it? Do you think you need to see it again to maybe maybe like it a little more or are you do you like it already? Uh, you know, based on what I've heard so far, I think I can base an opinion, but I have a feeling <laughs> certain things are different than what they appear as what we talked about. Cause they can be when I, when I, when I talk about what I felt. So I'm going to start with Tom, Tom, don't start with me. I'm the only one that liked it. Don't start with me. <laughs> That's why I started with you. Okay, fine. Justin, oh. Justin, take it away. Um, I, I'm very conflicted because I really, as I, like I said before, I grew up more, grew up on like Spider-Man, Captain America, the X-Men, stuff like that. I didn't really get into DC till later on down the road, but I'm more of a, more in the Marvel, but I respectfully love both industries very much. Um, the takeaway for me for this movie is it has, it did have potential to be a good movie if it was done differently. Um, I'm more excited right now more than anything to see more wonder woman and i don't i don't i I keep saying that i want to go see this one more time but the more i keep thinking about and the more discussions i have with people not just here but where i work and all that stuff it's less likely that i might get around to actually seeing it again Mm because i just don't know if it's really going to be worth my time overall I was not that impressed with this movie. I, I think I was sitting next to Matt and like, there was at least five or six times where I was just like, bullshit. (laughs) And, and I don't know. I, it's just, this is kind of on the lower scale. And I hate to say it because I really want them to build like a franchise of movies, but this one was so shoehorned with how much can we scrap in here in terms of cameos and storylines. Yeah. All right. Uh, Matt? I was so disappointed by this movie. Like, I really was. I think it has a lot in it that speaks to the potential of a great movie and a movie that I lo- I could love, but I don't love this movie. Like, I barely even like this movie. Like, I do like it enough for what it is, but it is a mess like the editing is really bad and the pacing is really bad and the story is barely there but there was a lot of great you know batman stuff except for him killing and (laughs) drinking and all that but and the wonder woman stuff was really great and i did like lex Luthor. so i mean it it settles at like a very low c for me you know yeah yeah I'm not going to go see it a third time. That's <laughs> until it's out on home home media. Right. Tom, are you ready or you want me to go? Yeah, I'm ready. I can go. All right, go ahead. I really like this movie from a standpoint of watching the movie. Again, it, Zack Snyder, I said this before about Man of Steel. This was another one. It's beautiful. Zack Snyder makes a beautiful looking movie mm-hmm. from a cinem- cinematography standpoint, first and foremost. Now, going into the movie, uh, 
I like, I love what they did because from watching it, I want to see Batman and Superman in the same movie. I agree with you guys, the killing and all that. Yeah, that was a little off. But for me, I was just so happy to be there to see this, and I just loved it. And I want to see where it's going from here because there's definitely some developmental stuff that they can move on to. I love the cameos. I think that just builds on anything. Jason Momoa looked incredible as Aquaman and Gal Gadot looks like she's going to kill it in Wonder Woman. I will I'll definitely go see that movie. For me, I didn't I didn't, I won't say this. I loved it for what it was. It did have its flaws, but at the same time, I'm I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Okay. Um for me and my review is on atomicgames.com, but I actually enjoyed this Superman uh, aside from his apathy during the explosion uh, and w- you know willingness to just stand there and then you know killing that dude that had Lois. I actually enjoyed this version of Superman. I enjoyed Lex Luthor. I liked Perry White. I really liked Alfred. I loved Wonder Woman. And there were aspects of Batman that I enjoyed, but I was so disappointed and saddened as a fan to see Batman kill so many people that Mm. it really took any excitement out of this movie for me. Which is, you know, later in the movie, you know, as after seeing so much kind of interesting things of this version of Batman, I thought Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, like I expected, was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expected he would do well as that, as Bruce, as the playboy, as Bruce Wayne. But as Batman, I had my reservations because you know Daredevil, and you know again he's been an, a great actor since then. But still, I had my reservations. But knowing he's a fan of the, the source material, I kind of felt a little safer with him as in the property. I, I am a sucker for a good Easter egg. It is why I love The Flash so much on the CW. They do it so well on that show. And mm-hmm. why I love the Marvel Universe so well, so much. And their cinematic and television and Netflix universe are done so well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, this season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. not included in that, except for the last episode, which was really well done. I, I was hoping for They're some... Coming. <laughs> I was hoping for so much more again, not comparing it to the Marvel world, but just the DC building something similar in their own way, which they're doing. It's different. I will give them all that they could have done similar things to Marvel, but they're doing it differently. And that's, that's okay. I, I, I applaud them for taking a risk, but this was too far in a way, a risk like this. Wonder woman is great. I love it. They, they nailed it. I don't see how they, got so far away from Batman and Superman from those hardcore fans. Again, I'm not the the diehard Superman fan where I would complain about some of the things he's done in this movie mm-hmm. or the last movie, but this isn't, this isn't my Batman. And I don't like using that as an argument because he's nobody's Batman. I mean, he's whatever this person wants to take him as, but he is still a character from a comic book that is beloved and there should be an amount of respect to that source material. I'm not saying it has to be direct, but your interpretation should be more inspired by it than this was. And it doesn't seem like it, it was. Um, yeah. Some aspects were some were just completely ignored. And, you know, I, I just feel like Batman should never have guns ever. And, but he does, and he has before, I know. You know, I'm not trying to get on that 
platform. He has had him before, but knowing what made him Batman, I would feel he would be against that. And but you know, you go back to the he's been doing it for twenty years. Anyway, I like the movie. I'm gonna see it again. I have a feeling I might like it more after a second viewing. I remember seeing Star Wars and loving that the first time I saw it, the new one, Force Awakens. The second mm-hmm. time I saw it, the the shine was off, so I got to see it a little more clearly, and I I enjoyed more of it that time. Mm-hmm. So I'm maybe hoping that the shine or disappointment, uh, going into the theater knowing what I knew from people that I trusted in reviews, spoiler free reviews, but people that I trusted and respected, knowing how much they didn't like and what they didn't like, I, it kind of maybe clouded it for me. So I'm hoping this time I go through and I just sit, watch, enjoy it with my friends and enjoy it more, hopefully. So, so yeah. Um, all right. We've talked enough. We talked <laughs> enough Batman v Superman. Uh, I'm sure we're, we're going to be talking plenty more uh, as Suicide Squad gets closer. And as we see this movie more and more people just, uh, bombard Twitter and Facebook about this movie. Uh, let's not forget one simple fact. This movie is killing it in the theaters. 420, yeah, 424 million so far. Uh, this movie's going to hit a billion. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, but, and if you liked it, great. I am sorry uh, if we made you upset in this episode, but that we didn't like it, but we're happy you did I- like it. I didn't. Good, good. We're we're, we're happy you did everybody, like it. Everybody, everybody like me, like me. These guys suck. Like me, Tom. You're at you're at on on Twitter. Skiz, uh, skiz underscore underscore world. There you go. Uh, you can join him in his Batman v Superman fan club. Uh, no, I'm glad you liked it, Tom. I'm really happy you enjoyed it, and I'm glad you stood by it tonight and yeah. sat through all this. So. No, it's all good. Hey, I, I I I love listening to everybody's input on everything. Yeah, trust me. And right. I'm gonna see it again. So I know you would. All right, so we're we're ready for Suicide Squad. Matt, Justin, you guys just recorded an episode of Two Broke Geeks. What did you guys talk about? About Batman v Superman. Shocking. Like, yeah, it's like us driving through the backwoods of Vermont from the movie theater, just talking about. Batman v Superman, and then some random off-tangent things. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, so last night, uh, we're going to play some podcast time travel, boys. Last night, the Flash Supergirl crossover happened, and I'm considering doing a podcast about it. Because the clips I've seen are awesome, and it looks fantastic. So maybe I'll get one of you guys, or both of you guys, if you watch it uh, together, or Tom. I'm going to totally watch it. Yeah, it looks too. looks like fun, and the joy is back in our lives in the DC related mm. world. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, Two Broke Geeks podcast can be found on thetomgeekdom dot com or on iTunes. Please subscribe to it. You can also find it on Stitcher, I believe. I'm not sure about that. Stay tuned on Stitcher. Honest. Stay tuned. Uh, if you have an Android phone or an iPhone, you can use the Satchel Player, and you can subscribe to the Two Broke Geeks podcast there, or if you haven't done so, you could do that for the Atomic Geekton podcast as well. Uh, leave us a review. Leave the Two Broke Geeks a review while you're on iTunes. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah, you guys are on Twitter at 2BGPod. Go there, please. On the website, AtomicGeekton.com, uh, right now we have reviews for Black Sales, my Batman Superman review, 
Uh, we got some cool Paley Fest stuff from Fear the Walking Dead and Better Call Saul. And uh, yeah, that that's it. Oh, and uh, Justin's Daredevil review is also up there. Yeah. Season two review is up there still. <coughs> Check those out, TomKeekum.com. And <coughs> yeah, at Atomic Geekdom on Twitter. Info at Atomic Geek, or yeah, info at AtomicGeekdom.com is our email address if you want to tell us how badly this episode sucked and how stupid we are for not liking these things in this movie and that Tom rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. That's it. That's all for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to us rant and rave about this movie. Ranting done by everybody but Tom. Raving done by nobody but Tom. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for more fun here at AtomicKingdom.com, and I will let the Wonder Woman score play us out. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>